This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Episode 383. I must have said 283. Man, we're chipping away at that uh, that 400 tree. It's just crazy, man. Knocking it down. It's just Doug and I here for the intro um, this podcast, I want to explain this right out the gate, is one that we collabed with Kevin. We call him Kevin Venison from Deer Hunter Podcast. He came to the studio, um, as you'll hear, all the way from Michigan, and we do a two-part. So if you really like this episode, we leave you on a cliffhanger. Um, a couple days after this launches, it will be part two on his platform, yeah. Deer Hunter Podcast, and I will link all that in the description of this episode if you've been living under a rock and don't know where to find it. Luckily, most of you guys are probably already familiar with his platform, um, but we had a lot of fun. It was a cool conversation. It gets juicy on both yeah. ends. Uh, and you left know, on a cliffhanger. It's just real. Yeah. We're just talking about real shit and having fun and hunting camp and tradition and all the good stuff. It was a good time. Um, Doug has a veteran shout out. Yeah, I'm going to try not butchering this. I'll let it's you my first, It's my first time. Your first time. Peace. Be gentle. Let me, let me give while you're like preparing yourself. Let me give the lowdown on the veteran shout outs lately. T and K Hunting Gear is a great company, all American made, um, veteran owned, veteran supported, and he does a lot for veterans. Mm-hmm. He wanted to sponsor a handful of the veteran shout outs, and by sponsor, he just said, "Hey, I'm going to give you guys some gear to give to veterans for your veteran shout out." So. He provided us with a handful of bino harnesses. Um, we've already sent two out, so this is our third one, yep. I believe. And I uh, so. so, submit a, if you would like to submit a veteran for a veteran shout out, um, go to our website, the contact tab, and there's a veteran shout out form there that you can fill out. Um, help us with spelling, and especially if you want them to win a giveaway, it helps if you throw in a mailing address. Um, or you know, if you don't want to put that down, we kind of get that. We'll communicate with you and get it to you however yeah. we need to. Um, but yeah, thanks to TNK, um, awesome people, make a lot of good shit. Oh yeah. So, Doug, are you ready for the veteran shout out? <clears throat> you can do it. I man. think I'm ready. No one's gonna judge you. All right, this was submitted by Katie Hayner, 
and the veteran name is Nick Garbish. United States Marine Corps. Nick was a corporal of Marines 2006 to 2010, infantry machine gunner with two deployments under his belt. One to Valhalla, Iraq, 2007, and the other an MEU deployment with the Navy Chasing Pirates. That's badass. 2008 to 2009, getting after him. He grew up being a hunter in a hunting family. His true passion for bow hunting became sometime in the Marine Corps when he received a hand, hand-me-down bow from his uncle, and he would just go out and shoot his bow. Being an avid hunter, he decided to give bow hunting a try after finishing his enlistment and moving back home. I can't be, even begin to explain his passion for bow hunting. Aside from taking care of his family, bow hunting is a high priority in his life, and he gives him some time to relax and enjoy the outdoors. He's currently he's currently a garbage man and works lots of hours, so podcasts are his go-to while he's driving around all day. He loves the podcast, especially enjoying the fact and the laid-back true nature of discussions. And loves hearing all the veteran shout-outs. Thank you guys for all you do and providing this opportunity. And also, thank you to T&K for providing this opportunity also. Two amazing companies, and thanks again. Very cool. Well, thank you, sir, for your service. You, you didn't thank kill you for your service, Nick. Yeah, thank you so much, Nick. That's all. Yeah, you, you killed that one, man. Good job. <laughs> hey, Feels good. Let's not get cocky, though. <laughs> <laughs> might mess up the next one. Know your place. <laughs> no, but thank you so much for submitting that. Thank you, Nick. And it's kind of a small world. My dad is in the garbage business and started as a – he did the whole garbage route thing, and now yeah. he runs a couple landfills. So that, that business is very familiar uh, to my family. So yeah. pretty cool. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate that. And you know, go to our website and submit a veteran shout-out of your own, and maybe they will get picked for one of the ones T&K sponsors. That's pretty rad. we got some other companies kind of inquiring about sponsoring some veteran shout-outs. So I hope it turns into Ooh. a trend. It's kind of cool. That's a good trend. I like it. They deserve it. Um, covering some business here, the podcast is presented by HHA Sports. And I'm shooting the Tetra, and you got the Tetra Max. Tetra Max. I've been playing with mine a little bit, man. Um, first, we have a code if you're wanting to get into a single-pin site. It's WCB15. Um, I tuned in my cure the other day. I had a sight tape on, and I'm not kidding, 20 minutes. I'll say you were done really fast. Really fast. But I'm going to redo it. Um, I'm going to I put new heavier inserts in my victory arrows, and so I redialed in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to go and play with it again, and I'm going to try and get like the max yardage out of my dial just, yeah. just for fun shooting. I like to jack around and shoot 100 yards. Um, well, everyone likes to you know, throw them out there. It's fun. Playing around. And it really, like you know if your form's off, if you're – that's true yeah. you know well, a lot can be wrong but um it's fun to do that so check out hha lifetime warranty they support our veterans as well uh, maybe we can get them i'm sure we can get them on board oh, on yeah. some veteran shout out giveaways um, good yeah so check good out people. hha sports um if you're looking to get into a single pin site that code might help you wcb15 and check them out and if you do do pick one up let them know that we said hey we told you to get one we sent them your way yes uh the podcast is also brought to you by sin crusher we just got done doing some photos for the rapid mobile shower. And that is a product. Literally it's a suit. Yeah. You put it, it looks like a jumpsuit. Um, we have our own edition coming out and it's got the scent crusher logo embroidered on it. And it's got the working class bow hunter logo embroidered underneath it and our green. And that will be available soon. Um, like hopefully within a week of this podcast airing soon yeah. or a couple of days. That's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. So if you are interested, um, we'll have the click-through link on our website, workingclassbowhunter.com, and you can go to that and pick yourself up one. That supports us. It lets Scent Crusher know that you support us, and it kind of wakes them up to 
hopefully it wakes the industry up to the new real shit that yeah. we're trying to do here. And I will but, say it, it may look weird, but like, you know, it's going to work. The concept is cool. Yeah. It's a jumpsuit. You, when you put it on, you're like, this is kind of silly. Yeah. But I don't know how many times I've rushed to the stand like late October or November and have been stinky from work and nasty oh, yeah. or stopped sweaty. to get gas. Stop to get gas. Anything. You know, you get fast food. You're always on the run. Casey slice. <laughs> you get spill Casey it, Spill it on you. That's like the best seller for anyone yeah. from the Midwest for this. But you put it on and you run ozone into the suit and it's got like an exhaust tube and everything yeah. that runs out the window. If You know, you do what you want. Um, but it, it kills the scent on your clothes, on your body. So you can put your hunting clothes on, wear it on your way to your hunting property while you're killing your scent, and you don't have to change in the cold. Yeah. Because normally I'd put, like, my clothes in my gear bag, run a cycle, get there, and then change in the cold. That's what I do. And then go. Well, now you don't have to do that anymore because you don't have to, like, get cold and then try and get warm again and then go get cold again. Just hop out and you're ready to go. Grab your stuff and... That's right. So check it out. Scentcrusher.com. Uh, podcast is also, also brought to you by Thermoseat. Um, what's cool about Thermoseat, you can get your own custom Thermoseats made with any logo printed on them. We all have working class boner ones in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so hit them up. It's kind of cool. Um, if you want your own custom look to your tree stand, I know a lot of guys are into customizing and personalizing like their mobile setups. You could do whatever you want on the on a thermoseat. And, and hey, if you customize it, you're most likely not going to leave it out there for the squirrels to eat it. You'd be saving it, right? <laughs> Solid point. Solid fucking point. Uh, also brought to you by Victory Archery. We're all shooting. Well, Doug and I are shooting the rip TKOs. Mm-hmm. Eric's shooting the extortions. Um, I'm shooting 75 grain. It's like the insert, but it's like an outsert, and it also protects the yeah, interior. It looked weird. I don't know what it's called. Outsert? It'd be an outsert, I guess. I'm just shooting the standard, what comes with them, Yeah, to try them out. Those are all good, too. I've shot those, the 60 grain, and now I'm doing the 75 grain. Um, also, Gator Outdoors. Dude, they outfitted us, and Gator outfitted us some True Timber camo. That set us up. Um, they're a dealer for True Timber. They're a dealer for all the good brands, and it's pretty cool. You can, I think you can get on there and order a, all your True Timber camo, camo, and if you want the Gator logo on it that says, like, outfitting the working yeah. class, you can have that put on. It's pretty fucking sweet. Not going to lie. I was kind of jealous of your camo. Oh, the, the Strata? Yeah, it kind of looked pretty cool. I like it, man. I like it. I just bought rubber boots to match it. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's not all about fashion, but it sure <laughs> makes it feel good. Uh, makes you look good. You feel good. <laughs> that's right. And you do good. Uh, <laughs> the podcast also brought to you by Elite Archery. We're all shooting the cure. Um, big time. If you're getting your fall plots in, I don't know. I'm getting ready to do mine. Um, WCB 2020 gets you 20% off everything on bigtime.com. I got um, the bucks eating all the big time right now. God, you fuckers, man. Dude. I wish I could do it. So awesome. The food plot seed I'll have rocking, but True. I want that so bad for Illinois just for just for trail cam pictures, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, Hunter's Blend coffee, always delicious. Old Barn Taxidermy. I, dude, I know we harp and it like, might sound corny, but I can't say enough about those people at Old Barn. Um, just the family's good. It's a family atmosphere, and it's a very welcoming um, let's talk you through yeah. what you need for your critter, you know? See, I like that. Like you go instead of like, you know, a tax returns, what do you want? Yeah. Write it down. Or you almost feel like pressure to get out of yeah. it. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh, I'm wasting this time. I've been to a lot of shops like that. Like tattoo shops are similar sometimes too. Yeah. You gotta like know how to like work through the, the vibe. Um, old barns, like the place that you could take a kid that shot his first deer mm-hmm. and you're going to mount it for him, like your son or your daughter. Yeah. And they are going to have a fun experience picking out what mount mm-hmm. they want because the people there understand yeah. it. Could you like, imagine walking in and it's like, what do you want? You're like, oh, I don't know. Let me look around. And he's like, oh, Jesus. It's, yeah, it's in another an old, one of you. It's in an old basement and half the wall looks like it was just blown apart with dynamite. It's like cigarette stained. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? I only do paper mache forms. <laughs> it's like, 
what, what is we'll this? do that for me yeah what is the get out of here what is this place um tell him we sent you we're not old barn over here yeah we ain't old barn <laughs> so we're up around the Take edge that shit elsewhere we only do neck mounts <laughs> you ever seen the neck mounts <laughs> yeah, it's just from the it's from the throat patch up <laughs> <laughs> Straightforward neck mounts. Get out of here. We don't, we like don't do the we don't do the shoulders. Forget about it. <laughs> I hope that place doesn't exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be fucked up. Anyway, let's get to the podcast. We rambled enough. Thanks for uh put we get lost. Yeah. When we do our some dark holes. We do some yeah, man, we're bad people. We're bad, bad people. But our partners are good people. We do appreciate They're them, great man. People. They uh we're they bad us when when we do all that and uh Loophole jumped back on too for an, for Dude. another round of partnership, and that surprises me, man. Like we're like the scummiest people they work with, probably. Oh, got to me, I, but I appreciate it. Dude, they got that new rangefinder. You seen that thing? Uh-uh. It, you didn't see that rangefinder? No. Um, dude, you plug in. Um, I'm mix this up because I'm going off the top of my head. Your arrow weight, your poundage, and like your speed, oh, and really? it calculates. You can see the arc of your arrow. The so say say uh, you're target shooting and say you're shooting. This happened to me the other day, and I didn't have this range finder, so I, I couldn't do it. But I was shooting 90 yards. Well, I have some trees. Well, the arc of my arrow was hitting the bottom of the trees before it landed into the target. Oh, like where you could barely notice? Mm-hmm. Well, you could hear it oh, okay. hitting the trees. With this range finder, it puts a, a hash mark at the peak height of the arc of your arrow. Jeez. So you know, like, oh, I can't shoot here because it's going to hit those trees. What do you got going on over there? It's freaking sweet. Jeez. So if you were, Nuts. if you had a buck at thirty-five yards and you had to thread the needle in a, in a pocket, like an opening, yeah, and you range that spot, you could see like, where your arrow would hit, and then it does the whole angle angle adjustment. So like, if a monster comes in, your adrenaline's flowing. You're not paying attention to the limb right there. It'll yeah. find it for you. Yeah, Oof. it's pretty sweet. That is nice. It's actually a good thing. There might be some people that are like, technology's ruining hunting, but that that's preventing wounded animals. Yeah. And, and and lost arrows. <laughs> and technology cool. is only gonna get better. So I mean, go with the times. Yeah, let's not let's not go hunt with infrared. But yeah, but so uh, well. Yeah. All right, we're rambling. Don't do that. This episode's a lot of fun. We hope you enjoy. Uh, let us know what you thought. We have a lot of fun episodes coming down the pipe. We got some whitetail ones. We got some food plot ones. Some we, bangers. We got some BS ones. We got a lot in the hopper and a lot on the way. So thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. Enjoy it. I'm Chase Ralston with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. Hey, this is Jules McQueen, and you are listening to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. It's really, really not that good. Good, 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 good,
Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. This one should be a fun podcast here. We are, we're just a bunch of podcasters. Yeah, that's what right. this is. That's right. Um, I'm Kurt Geyer. We have Eric Common. We have Doug Schmidt. And we have Kevin Venison. Kevin Venison. Kevin, Kevin Venison. Venison. Yes. You told me. <laughs> From, introduce yourself fully, man, because I'm, I'm sure people know, but we're kind of like doing a no no for the podcast game. Yeah. So my name is Kevin Vistason. I host a podcast as well out of Michigan. And I had some business to handle today in Illinois and Kurt, you're nice enough to have me over and give me a place to crash tonight so I didn't have to drive seven hours <laughs> Hell yeah. uh, God, back terrible. home. And yeah, I've been we've talked about doing this for years. I know, mm-hmm. and you know, I just did the uh Truth from the Stand podcast a few weeks ago and we talked about getting on a podcast together for a couple years. And it's I think people outside of the game don't understand sometimes how hard it is to get everyone's schedules together to make shit like this work. Um, so yeah, I mean it's hard to schedule just like phone call, and he's actually here in studio. So yeah, it's even it just it's worked even perfect. You know, you called me about I mean a month ago, a month and a half ago, and we're like, hey, I'm thinking about cruising through, and said, come on out, stay the night here, sleep in the studio, man. I, th- I think I've told you two or three times now, like, hey, I may be coming. Yeah, yeah, and then it fell apart. And then this time it really happened. We're really Actually, doing it, Harry. Hey. We're here. <laughs> We're really doing it. We're doing it live. It's always cool to get other podcasters in. I don't know. Have we had another? I feel bad. I'm forgetting. Another podcaster mm. in this in this studio. In studio? We, yeah. I don't I'm think trying we have. to think. Have I listen we? to most of them. Yeah. Not in this studio. You're definitely not in this studio. So you might be the first. I'm forgetting someone for sure, I think. but For sure. Uh, pending record holder for the first podcast in our podcast studio. We'll just go with it. I will take it. Yeah, just claim Pending. it. It's yours, man. It's yours. Well, it's in print. Once we'll, it's in yeah. print, we'll give it to you. Yeah, we'll get you a trophy or something. <laughs> yeah, I was really excited. Honestly, uh, well, this is like one of the first weekdays that I've had off work, and geez, man, this year's just been crazy. Yeah. And so it was, I've been looking forward to this, honestly, for quite a while, mm-hmm. just to be in the car today and like have a couple hours to myself <laughs> Me to time. like think yeah, yeah for and sure. I literally covered, man, I bet you I covered like 60, 70 miles today that I let, I didn't even see a single thing because I was so just in, in thought. Your, yeah, <laughs> in your zone. I had my headphones in listening to some music. Yeah, and just kind of out of it the whole time. Yeah, just kind of playing back the last couple months and yeah. thinking that was going to be nice to sit down tonight here and not have to pay attention to any audio shit. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, I was pretty excited well, well, about that. When we do part two for your side of the podcast, then you'll have to – I'm going to put you on the computer. Yeah, see, you recorded all on one track, huh? Yeah, well, I, we run the mixer. I got gotcha. you. I don't know. What, you don't run a mixer? No, I don't. I have basically uh, like a four-slot input. Oh yeah, what you would call it's it. Like an interface. A, ha, yeah. interface. Yeah, yeah. That's what interface. we used to run. Yeah, and yeah. I I just record four separate audio channels. And yeah, and I you know when I transfer the or create the file, it yeah. just goes into one. Yeah, you export it all as one. Yeah, we used to do it that way with the mixer. I mean, there might be a way I can change it. I just this works for yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not too terribly hard. And then I'm also watching like my mixer levels here, so that's why I'm I kind of mix on the fly, um, to how everybody talks. But I don't know. It's it's I like running it. I honestly think like running the Zoom, we have a Zoom H6 for when we travel, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's more of a pain in the ass because the headsets, I feel, are inconsistent, mm-hmm. or people talking to them different, they're moving their head around, so I'm always, I feel like I'm always touching the, I, I the adjuster. Have, I have that problem, too, and for whatever reason, I feel like my gain always has to be up higher than... Those mics run hot. 
Yeah. You got to run them really, really hot. You run them hot, and then when someone goes a little bit higher, then they it yeah. really just distorts. Even when that you plug you like do. the headset mic into this mixer, I got the gain. It's hot. That is mm-hmm. a problem. You have to run them like high, mm-hmm. and then as soon as anybody gets loud, they'll they'll pop. And yeah. Out, which I don't know. I guess the they're for travel, and we've used them in studio a lot too. They're kind of nice, but um, I, like, I like just being able to keep all our travel stuff in our pelican case and then when we got to go to a show we just grab them grab it and go can't remember you said to load everything up yeah we used to take all this shit apart load it up and then go podcast at shows then come back and set it up that's what i did today yeah that's it's a pain it's the first time i've done it all year yeah right? so it's not too bad i pretty then. much have my studio set up um and i uh we have people come in and do a lot of stuff over the phone still just because, like yeah. you said, the scheduling is crazy. It is it's crazy, It's insane man. to get everyone together. Well, hey, before, before we get too, like, carried away, um, you know, you told everybody a little bit about your podcast, but we're going to do, I think a part one, part two is how this is going to pan out. This part one is going to be, obviously, on Working Class. If you're here, you know that. Part two is going to be on Deer Hunter Podcast, so you can go find that everywhere you already know where to find podcasts and listen to part two. So after um, we've been drinking for a while and imagine that'll get crazier there. We'll say a bunch of <laughs> shit we regret. Well, but, I gave the green light when we got here that we would say the bad stuff on mine. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> that's what we do. Saying bad shit gets all the good traffic. Yeah. Because so. I want, like I said, I wanted to talk about the, uh, Mark Drury episode that you did. And I don't, I don't want a Mark Drury to be mixed in with some of the stuff that we're going to talk about probably okay. later this evening on my podcast, <laughs> no, to be honest oh with boy, you. That's, that's fair. Fine. That's for, fine. for people who don't know, tell a little bit about your podcast because we're kind of all, like, everybody in here, we're sort of cut from the same cloth in a way. Yeah, mm-hmm. we probably had a great opportunity to be arch nemesis. <laughs> yeah. To be honest with <laughs> Hon- you. Yeah, the, if we were in the tree stand industry, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, we are, but we have not minimum wage brains. We have regular wage brains. That's yes. true. That's true. Yes. You start navigating the territory, and you start figuring people out. And if you're a professional, which I respect what you guys do, I mean, yeah, coming here today, I didn't realize how the distance uh, that you guys drive to get together to do this is. It is a big commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, It's a lot of time, and uh, rightfully so. I mean, people love love the show and love the podcast. I, I'm glad. I was talking about that. That Mark Dury episode was probably one of the my favorite podcasts I've listened to all year out of any podcast that I listen to. Thank you, man. Yeah, that it, means a lot, especially coming lot. from another podcaster. Mm-hmm. That means a lot. Yeah, I'm painting a baby room right now. It's a p- sucky project <laughs> to be involved <laughs> it's with. A pain in the ass. Well, dude, I got a boat and live near the water, and it's summertime. Yeah, the last thing I want to be doing is painting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the baby's coming in the fall. I've already congrats. Kind of put it on. Yeah. Thanks, man. It's uh, it's we're really excited about it. Awesome, man. Yep, it's going to be the final piece to our little family. That's yeah, what we needed was a little uh, a little girl, and mm-hmm. we're getting it. And so I just I don't ever wish time away, but like I'm anxious. I want to get yeah. the baby here, get mm-hmm. her healthy, get my wife healthy, and like be on the other side of that. And yeah, well, that's a, a that's a normal thing to. It'll be a big relief. Yeah, sure. for well, sure. It's kind of weird because the hospitals are kind of weird right now because oh, all yeah. the COVID stuff. And the baby's coming at the end of October, so it's like right when the election yeah, is. Yeah, right before the election. So the disease will still be here. Oh, the disease will be as bad as it's ever been, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's true. Well, maybe everybody will shut down and we can go deer hunting. Maybe. I won't be. My wife will be yeah. pregnant as shit. Yeah, you won't be doing it. <laughs> you won't be doing a goddamn thing. But. <laughs> yeah. No, for real. So, But it, it's all good. Um, I picked up a couple local properties to hunt. Oh, nice. Good. You know, normally I go four and a four four and a half hours north 
yeah, yeah. to hunt is where I would really like to go. That's a giant. So you can yeah. bounce in and out, and and still the wife will be happy. You're you're back home for chili for dinner. And Absolutely, I can be an asset, not a liability to the <laughs> right. family. Right. For sure. Yeah, because <laughs> sure. I got a five year old son too, and he's just a savage. I mean. <laughs> He's like uh, I always say he's like a mutant, and his superpower is you know rogue <laughs> like rogue from yeah. X Men. She takes everybody's power. Yeah, that's how my kid is, <laughs> and I can't keep up with him. And you know now my wife's pregnant; she's working from home because all the COVID stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. trying to wrangle him, it's going to be a lot on her come the fall. So I, I've already you know figured it out a while ago that this is going to be a fall where it's definitely not going to be all about me. Yeah. Sure. I'm going to have I mean, to put some shit on the back burner and I'm yeah. cool with that. That shit yeah, happens, you, man. You got to be, that's like family and life and mm-hmm. all that. It's yeah. like you make adjustments as you go, but you know, it all bounce back and you'll be able to do your thing. And, um, I'm kind of excited about it to be honest with you. Cause it's going to force my hand to hunt differently than I have in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It might be I'll more like, efficient. Yeah. Absolutely. I like to fall. Like I love going up North and uh getting away from all the traffic and the cars like i was driving out here today and it's all just fields and you can see a real long way it's uh it's up up in northern michigan it's just all timber yeah it's all timber and there's like no fields up there is there not i mean there is in some select spots but the the where i go hunting is just timber they do have so the state forest that I hunt has its own management mm-hmm. um, within the state. They they actually have a management council council for the Pigeon River Forest area, and they do select lumber harvest. And so there's a always a rotation of clear cuts, mm-hmm. and it's a very diverse ecosystem. Lots of big oak hills, yeah. lots of swamps, tag alder. It's a whitetail haven. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. I th- there's we get some big deer on camera out there. I you know, working forty to sixty hours a week. Mm-hmm. It's always a struggle for me to get up by the time I usually get up there and have my finger on the pulse of what's going on and where I need to be, I usually gotta go home. Yeah. yeah right. really, Back right. to work. So every year I make like incremental progress. But I usually get a, an average or an above average buck for that area. Sure. What would be so, you know, most of our listeners are you know, it's, I can't even really say that anymore. I'm kind of proud of that. I was going to say most of our listeners are Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, and I think a large majority are, but Pennsylvania is one of our top states. Out east uh, states. So you guys, what I would consider in Michigan, that's it's Midwest. It is. But as far as like hunting it's breakdowns. It's totally different than here. Yeah, it's it's that's like North Country hunting. North Country whitetails is the what big, I would The big woods and the big track of town. Right, that's stuff. fair, right? Up in northern Michigan it is. It's actually a different subspecies of whitetail. Uh, I don't know what that subspecies is. I know there's there's quite a few, actually dozens, yeah. of subspecies of whitetail, like yep. all the way down to the key deer, which is a real small deer. Mm-hmm. Coos yep. deer. And then whatever the... There's a couple of the larger size deer, like you see the deer up in Saskatchewan. They're yeah. just giant. Mm-hmm. There's freaks up there. And the whitetails up in northern Michigan are one of those larger subspecies. And I knew would the that, name for a long time. Would that be the same subspecies of the bucks that are like in northern Wisconsin? Um, I'm it? not too familiar with northern Wisconsin, but I can tell you that they represent a well of like Maine. Maine deer, a lot of the Canadian deer that I see, they yeah. have dark racks. Mm-hmm. Usually carry mass through them. Yeah, the upper Wisconsin is that's yeah. a, that's a big track of timber up there too. I think ain't it just mostly woods, big y- woods and yeah, stuff. They yeah, they have the uh, Nicolet or Nicolette Forest up there. 
I don't know shit about that. Yeah, I don't either. Zero knowledge. We should know more. I yeah, just remember I, going to like uh, HHA, and theirs were big tracks of timber up there. Yeah, but they're not even that north. I mean, I know. they're Wisconsin Rapids. Like that's, I mean, that's getting central state, I think, but not. It's not crazy north. Dude, there's people from Wisconsin going, you dumb wage brain motherfucker. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're sure. on their truck radio. You Cussing us out. Yeah, they're listening to us on ham radio because that's all they get up there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just know a little bit about that Nicolet Forest because historically some guys have shot some giant, giant deer yeah. up out of there. And I have a, a few listeners that will message in saying the way that, you know, some of the photos you guys take up of your, like your deer camp yeah. and the way you guys hunt looks like how we would go up there and do it. Yeah. But I guess they have a pretty uh, serious issue with wolves. No kidding. From what I've heard, that the that the hunting is not nearly what it was up there because they have a ton of pressure from wolves. No shit. We have that in Damn. the UP of Michigan. In the yeah. upper peninsula, we have wolves. But in the UP. lower peninsula, we do not have wolves. Right. Really. Thankfully. Yep. So, Thankfully. But the deer have to com- – we have elk herd that's centralized there. So the deer have to compete with the elk for yeah. food, and the winters are long and cold. Yeah. So that puts a ton of pressure on them. I wonder if it's fair to say this is what I hear about Michigan and I hear about the east that there's the density of hunters is like extreme compared to everywhere else. It depends. Yeah, I was going to say do you feel that when you're hunting like state forests and stuff? No, not when I go up north. It's not like that. It's like that for a day or two. So like yeah. opening day of firearm, it's there's all going to be a lot of people yeah, around. Right. Couple days after I mean, everyone's burnt. You know the f- we so we have a two week long uh, firearm season. God, I'm so thankful we don't have that. We Dude. have a two week long Pretty rifle rough. season. Up <laughs> rifle. Season. Oh shit. Yeah. Two but weeks it doesn't matter. Do you can't see forty yards? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's so, right. And those big tracks of timber. I mean, some guys <laughs> have private point. properties and and they'll have um, food plots and elevated box blinds and and there's actually some very nice like. Uh, I don't know what what you call them. It's nothing that I'm uh, ever going to be associated with. Uh, they're ranches, yeah. I guess mm-hmm. you know they actually have some ranches. None of them are free range up there. No one oh, would pay yeah. money to go to a free range uh, yeah, yeah. ranch in Michigan. But there's some high fence ones, and you know they'll have clear cuts um, and food food plots. And we actually have a neighbor. We have a neighbor. Oh, my phone. No, the seasoning. I want. I'm going to oh, try this oh, beer thing. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, go for it. Sorry, I was trying to be discreet about it. I guess, yeah, no. I guess I real quick should say something about this. Um, so Musket Powder reached out, real good dude. He's like, hey, man, am I sending you guys some seasoning? Uh, dump a little on your bush light, uh, this Musket Powder red label. Um, and then he's like, hey, I also want to sponsor one of your guys' veteran shout-outs here in the future. So coming up in the future, um, it could be this episode. I don't know how this is going to all lay out, but he wants to give uh, – a kit to a veteran so that's kind of cool so i'm gonna dump some of this on the top of my beard and yes, see what it's, it's like it's pretty good sorry kevin i didn't mean to that's all right that's what he recommended to do i think we're all did you do it you already did it kevin? i did it you did oh it. you guys all did i'm yeah. the only guy yeah who hasn't. yeah i'm liking it where you been bro it's a little spicy yeah it? it's not that spicy, you're, it's just, spicy. You're, just, you're just a bitch <laughs> well maybe but still a spicy. <laughs> yeah all right here we go here's my test just watch it because it's gonna foam up if it's full you can put a lot. Well, because Eric got a chunk that went straight into his beard. Oh, a giant big old... chunk. Sure, yeah, it's good. Yeah. I don't dislike it. Yeah, I don't know. Don't hate it. I'll make my mind up over the... I'm not mad at it. I'll just sip on this for a bit. I'm not mad about it. Sorry about that. That's okay. No problem. Uh, so, 
yeah, it's pretty thick up there, but some people, there's private property owners that do have some nice deer hunting spots mm-hmm. up there. They usually end up really crabby uh, <laughs> because they don't have enough property to actually have like a free range whitetail. It's not going to go off their property. Yeah. And we have, we're fortunate. We have a ton of state land in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these guys will get a little bit bent out of shape, but everybody's got different objectives and a lot of guys uh, work, you know, work all week and they blast up there and they might have one or two days to hunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have uh, two weeks to wait for dedicate their 130 time inch deer to walk in. A lot of guys are just going up there for the the tradition of deer camp up there is of course outrageous. It's huge, yeah. Of I feel like it's um, the tradition of deer camp is you know it's got its strong roots everywhere. Um, you know, depending on your family and where exactly, like what county you're in, all that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Wisconsin, Michigan, like Minnesota, northern camps have a more deeper rooted deer hunting, like the tradition. actual deer camp. Yeah, and I don't know if it just seems that way for us, but I, for, it looks that way for sure to me. Yeah. Do, would you agree or disagree with that? Oh, it runs my life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it impacted my life so much at a young age. I'd be dead in a ditch somewhere if it wasn't for, like, deer camp and deer <laughs> right. hunting. Right. Yeah, did you absolutely. Have, did you get, like, days off school and shit? Uh, yeah, you know, when I – I think I was 14 when I was able – I think the legal age – was 14 when i was able to legally go gun hunting mm-hmm. and i think when i was 15 was the first year my dad took me so you're like a freshman or so in high school yeah and he cut us out of school for a couple of days and we went up for a long weekend and i've gone pretty i think i've missed one year since no shit looking yep so I do you guys I, have like an actual deer camp up there that you go to and everything and meet a bunch of guys up there we do so the state forest that i was telling you about mm-hmm. is uh it's a hundred. Well, it's attached to another state for. I guess that's two hundred, about two hundred and fifty thousand acres Holy of shit. state land, and we have a piece of private property at the south end of it, which is one hundred and twenty acres. Oh, very cool. And then on three sides of it, it's state land, and on the other side, it's actually a now a high fence whitetail operation. No shit, oh, really. Oh yeah, us and our neighbors don't do great. Cut like, the fence. The relationship is... <laughs> Whoops. Snip, snip, no snip. kidding. Like, so they hate you guys. Uh, well, they just probably hate anybody that's over there. We try, we, we've we tried for years to all get along, but everybody... The, do we go up there to have fun. Yeah. And right. they're, they're trying to run a business in a place where they shouldn't be trying to run a business. Mm-hmm. Like, the... The PRC, the Pigeon River Country Forest that I hunt, is the most pristine piece of wilderness in lower Michigan. And this dude comes in high fences, like, a part of it. (laughs) So it's kind of like you're not making well with your neighbors. Like, everybody in the area is like, that was the dickhead mood of dickhead moves. what the fuck are you doing, guy? Go somewhere where there's uh, there's so many different places where that would have been a better idea. Sure. So how big is his, like, high fence operation? Does he run hunters in there, or is he just raising deer? Uh, He's definitely raising deer and selling deer products. I think, you know, they breed deer and then sell them to other deer farms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Michigan's real, real big on that, aren't they? I, I only know of a couple. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of deer in Michigan. There's a lot of people that are interested in deer, and there's a ton of conflicting interests <laughs> on yeah. what deer are for and how they should be hunted. But anyways, this guy, uh, we've never we've had a hard time getting along kind of since he did that. 
and we did just you know it did you know him before he started all this yeah there he bought from a so the story on our property is my father and four friends bought it 30 years ago as an llc mm-hmm. right on. it's called buckhorn ridge hunt club it's 120 acres we got a well there a small steel like a steel garage pole barn pole type barn. thing yep it's got a big pot belly wood burning stove in there. Mm-hmm. That's like our mess hall. Yeah. So we seek shelter in there and eat our meals in there. And then one of the owners has a small building. It's like a, like a tiny house, yeah. I guess you would say. Yeah. I don't know if it's like 600 square feet, but it'll sleep with like four guys. And it's got a little shower in there. That's awesome. That is awesome. And then me and my couple buddies, we have a 1973... 28 foot airstream ambassador fuck yeah oh hell yeah and so that's our deer camp is we (laughs) we all sleep in the airstream there's four of us that own the airstream we sleep in there do our meals in that other building yeah and then you walk out of there you're on 120 uh wilderness yeah and then from there you can just you can walk oh my god i mean you it, it takes you an hour the way the roads are and everything, it takes about an hour to get to the north end of that piece of public. Damn. No shit. Yeah. 45 like, minutes. If you are if if you drive like a total psychopath, you could probably do it in 35 <laughs> minutes. I've seen it done. No kidding. Yeah. That's like the definition of a of a deer camp though right there. Yeah. Oh, That's cool. Everybody, cool. I mean, when you're up there during deer season, that's what anybody and everybody that is, is up doing. there is doing yeah dude have you ever done like a video tour of your like whole camp and stuff um on my film uh there is a section where we're at the deer camp actually the eve of opening day of gun season yeah there is a scene where we're all in there eating our yeah the eve we have a big dinner there was mm-hmm. 25 guys no there shit. this year guys That's come cool man well guys come from other camps so right. everybody goes up north for deer camp, and then people have camps, you know, 45, 30 minutes away. Yeah. Well, we have quite a few friends that have camps in the area. So, you know, once or twice over the course of the week when we're up there for opening day of firearm, which is, that's kind of like the Michigan deer hunter Christmas day, mm-hmm. Christmas yeah. morning. Oh, yeah. We'll uh, we'll do a big dinner. We'll do a big gathering. I have a, a, a photo from this year, and, yeah, there's probably 20, 25 guys. Jeez. That's cool, man. See, that don't happen. I mean, there's guys that have, like, shotgun season parties here, you know, in Illinois. Um, and I don't know if, you know, Doug and Eric, if you guys have anything similar in Iowa. That's but- how, like, that's how I grew up hunting. My but my dad's buddy, they had an actual cabin down on the, uh, <clears throat> the Wapsie River. Excuse me. So we would hunt opening day Saturday. And then Saturday night, we would just cook. Everyone would bring them something to eat, you know. And then all the neighboring properties, all them people would come to this deer camp. And we'd have a bonfire, you know, sit around, That's drink awesome. beer, play euchre, Absolutely. pitch, and everything. I had so. something like that on a small scale growing up. We hunted in Fulton County. Right. And we had a, uh, there's an old, like, soils testing lab. We called it the lab. Sure. But it was just, like, the guys that hunted there, you know, we would just cook. And then we all had cots. We, we, we pretty much drink beer and then pass out on cots get up and go hunting but it wasn't like anything to an extreme level like what you guys are talking about i wish that'd be awesome yeah, that'd well, and be that's cool the most to talk to everybody yeah that's the most i mean a lot of the guys do love deer hunting but there was i think it was more just to oh, get okay. everyone together you know and crack a few beers and play cards all until we got three a, o'clock in the morning we got you know? a handful of guys that come up that haven't deer hunted in a decade yeah they, they just, just come, come up hang for out. the deer camp yeah oh they, yeah i mean it's like a celebratory thing so everybody brings like good booze and good food yeah mm-hmm. yeah 
It's just a, it's a straight up like tradition. It's a tradition. I, you know, I feel like a lot of reasons why that doesn't happen anymore. I feel like everyone's at each other's throats to a point when it comes to deer. Oh, they are for sure. And I wonder if like any of that, you know, maybe not, that's not everywhere, but it seems like like the neighbor thing can be an issue a lot of times. But I wonder when Mark, when we did that Mark Drew episode, he mentioned like trail camera photos. I just thought of that. Makes people like, well, fuck that guy. He shot my deer. Right. I had a picture of him. That's my deer. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, well, it's not your deer. <laughs> yeah, but I wonder. I'm sure a lot of that, like neighboring conflict. I mean, there's other things that play into it, but that might be a big factor on what causes that. It's a uh, way. Right? Uh, it, I mean, it's elevated outside of deer hunting. I mean, look at our country. People exactly. People yeah. aren't open minded, and they don't have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. If people were open minded and had a sense of humor, a lot more people would get along. Absolutely. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But they're just they're uptight and they have their goals and objectives and that's cool we're a goals and objective driven country mm-hmm. but if your goals and objectives are different from theirs well then you're an idiot yep. yeah for sure right so, so it also goes back to like you said like we could have been enemies from oh, the get for sure but it's also the way we just approach each other <clears throat> is what set it off on the right foot you know we were cool yeah and and like-minded well when i yeah. walked in here and you walked me through and showed me all your deer heads i'm like jesus christ dude like <laughs> I mean, I don't have anything like this at my house, and I've been deer hunting for 25 years, but I wasn't, like, mad about it. Oh, fuck this guy. (laughs) I mean, people get... He just leaves. Yeah, you know what? I'm going back home. Honestly. Screw you guys. People people get weird about it, and, you know, I probably... I have a handful of deer that are around the 120 mark. Yeah. Um, 100-inch, a big woods deer up in northern Michigan, you know, if if you get a respectable 100-inch 8-point, there's not a lot... So it's a struggle for them to survive up there. There's yeah. not a ton of resources left mm-hmm. for them to uh, commit to antler growth. Yeah. And there's no ag. So, right. you know, they they live a life of foraging. Yeah. And so it's it's just a different animal. For sure. I can see that. And But I'm, I'm okay with A lot of guys that live in Michigan aren't okay with that. <laughs> yeah. They're not really, like, understanding. No. They're there. like, I'm not buying a Michigan tag ever again. It's not like Illinois or... Yeah. And if, yeah. Well, you're not in Illinois. Not. <laughs> well, people in Michigan, a big parcel, a private parcel is, you know, 40 acres. Yeah. I mean, people do have a couple hundred acres. Like you were asking about the fence, the guy that has the fence. Next. Right. I think he's 320 acres. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big farm. When it's a, t- a, you know, when it's forest, 320 acres of forest. It's a lot. Dude, it would take you a year to see every, like, to actually oh, see. Sure. Yeah. It, that's a lot of woods. And that's you're, like, you're big, walking a 10 yard grid pattern. And you could still walk past the deer that you would, you know, especially in like those big woods. I would get lost. I think. I think I'd get all in there and turn around because it's just a yeah. bunch of trees. There ain't no. You, it's different. For like us. around here, there's a bunch of trees, but then there's a little patch of so we, clearing he, here. He has that big a property, high fenced. Yeah. No shit. Yep. And they hunt in there. I think they bring people in to hunt in there. I mean, no dude, they've got you know. They have the whole property fenced off. The whole, the whole thing, three hundred twenty wow. acres. I think I just yeah. rubbed seasoning in my fucking eyeball. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, that could happen. <laughs> you gonna make it? The whole place, man. That's crazy. That I, would take forever to fence in three hundred. He owns acres. a couple car dealerships. He's got some money, and then he, you know, sells whatever like stud deer to other places. I got right. some in my eye. I gotta step out. You're good. <laughs> yeah. So he he's got some money, and it cost him his relationship with his family. I know his wife. And the him divorced. Yeah, that's all. I mean, he was so like, 
that was his thing. Right? Wow. You know, we were talking about it being like a selfish thing. Like he was so driven to be in that space and be successful in that space. That was like, I'm sure that wasn't the only thing. Sure. But he was, they had a house in town like 30 minutes from there. He's never home. Never home. He was always Yeah, the they have, it's a lodge essentially is what i mean it's very luxurious lodge and yeah they and then finally it just you'd never see his vehicle left and like yeah they got a divorce he lives there now you know lives on his lodge so i don't know i hope he's living his best life but well, of course you guys gonna get along with him if he's that self-driven like all he, about him yeah right? he'll, selfish about it he'll come out i mean we've been up there before like we'll go up in the summer and we have 120 acres and we have two big meadows mm-hmm. and we'll go out and shoot skeet and he'll right. come over and be like, you're scaring my fawns. It's like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. We're shooting skeet. Right. Put them away. I don't know. Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> like, we it's, own this property. We can literally do this if we want to. Yeah. So your fence in, they ain't going anywhere. <laughs> right. They're not going to run away. Go find them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he, he is that kind of guy where everything's kind of. kill. Yeah. Everything's kind of his. Yeah. You know, you got to be on his watch. And if you're right. not, then he's going to have a talk with you. And like I've said it before on this podcast, but like I have one property where I know every single neighbor, they all hunt. And I always tell them, you know, we always, we have the same deer on camera. And it's like, hey, if you do shoot it or if you have pictures of him, let's communicate and, you know, make sure this deer is still alive or if someone harvests him. So I'm not like, oh, hey, I wonder what happened to that deer. You know, if they did shoot it and they didn't tell me about it. Right. So it's a pretty cool relationship we got down there. Is that how that worked out for you? I think I'm the first dude on the planet to get musket powder seasoning in my fucking eyeball. That hurt really bad. Um, okay. You good? It's either that or it's like something from the woods. I went out earlier and trekked back in and set a cell cam up. It was definitely musket powder, probably. Definitely musket powder, but I'm just trying to... And here I am touching my eye. I like, probably put more in my eye. Why is it spicy? <laughs> it burned really bad <laughs> in my eyeball. So uh, thank you, musket powder seasoning. He's probably like, yes, I'm getting the free plug I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you got it in your eye. <laughs> Don't rub it in your eye. It's in my beer. <laughs> the, so the whole d- tradition of that is a lot of what drives me really to, to deer hunt. It's a big social thing for us mm-hmm. when we go up there. Yeah. There will be times where you're like, oh, you know, it's like the deer hunting's good. You're seeing deer, but you're like, you know that like – a couple of your buddies are at the campfire having bloody marys sure <laughs> and the camaraderie like, oh. makes you not want to hunt as much sometimes it, it does I, i'm uh pretty That's fair though I, I get that to a point we used to party a lot more and yeah. hunt a lot less there'd be late night at the bars oh and, yeah you know whoops <laughs> sleepy mornings in the yeah in the blind I, or the I, tree stand i never had the opportunity to like go to bars growing up hunting but like you know i've had my fair nights where i drank one too many and then Oh, yeah. I remember one time I shot a doe, and I was very hungover and with a bow. And we went in and then went to go pull her out, and it was way back in there. Dude, I don't even know why I did it. And then we get her out, and then my dad's truck got stuck in this big freaking mud hole right out from where we are at. And it just turned into, like, too long of a morning. <laughs> just feeling miserable. Yeah, I'm like, I'm an idiot, but whatever. But, yeah, I mean... It happens. To a point, like, beer is kind of part of, like, oh, tradition and hunting and all that. But, you know, we drink a lot of beer on the podcast, obviously, if you could, if you didn't know. Um, but it's also, there's a point, you know, we're not drunk more on drinking beer while we're out there. I'm sure some people do, but I personally don't like no, to do that. No, um, no, we don't. Well, hmm. 
They're, <laughs> so <laughs> some guys after they've gotten their deer, yeah, or maybe they're just mentally defeated. Right. We do have a special blind on the property for yeah. those guys, and it's got a card table in it. Oh, and yeah. There's still there's still awesome. probably, probably a thirty percent chance that you could go out there and shoot a deer. Yeah. Um, but they'll it's in a spot where it doesn't affect the rest of the property. Yeah. Sure. It's and more of just like you're you're kind of chilling if an opportunity. It's like happens. the social stand kind of. It, it's yeah. kind of is. It's eight by eight, so four guys can be in there real comfortably. That's awesome. <laughs> and it has it a card awful. table in there, and guys will usually those guys will be some uh, do dinner shift because like we do a big dinner when everybody comes in, yeah. And so those guys will hunt that because it's kind of right up by the camp, the camp, sure. Yep. So that's awesome. You'll find a lot of like successful and defeated deer hunters usually in that blind <laughs> and uh, self medicating yeah. in some resort. <laughs> the two opposites. <laughs> yeah, you get the good hunters and the bad yeah. ones together. They're right. like, man, fuck you. <laughs> yep, I've seen guys walk out of the camp with you know thirty box in their backpack. Yeah, you know, like, uh, are you taking a rifle? No, no, no. Just no. Going to hang out. Going to go sit sides. out in the woods and drink. Yeah, yeah that's kind of cool. Oh, dude, I did that in Wyoming. Shot my bear, and then I hung out in camp. I shot my bear the first night, yeah. so I hung out in camp, and stared at the mountains, and just. Had some cold ones, man. Just stared at the mountains. I did. That's great. It's a great feeling. I you really <laughs> value my time up there deer hunting. Even if my tag's punched, I wouldn't burn a morning or an evening on yeah. being, being in there. Um, I love that those guys go and do there. It makes me feel good knowing they're in there having a fun time, but, like, I've got to be out in the woods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And something about that woods up there, just because it's so big, is I always feel like I. you just never know. Mm-hmm. what you're going to see there was a big deer oh it would have been three or four years and i'm pretty certain the deer was north of 130 really uh, a big big mature buck so is that a monster up there um you know i'll show you a picture of the 133 that came 133 inch symmetrical eight yeah that came off of the our piece up there and it carries mass all the way through it's a pretty impressive animal and i think it weighed 230 mm-hmm. so pretty heavy deer it's a heavy deer yeah 130 inch deer up there is a, a is a big deer yeah i think it was three years ago that there was a deer that was in the low 150s mm-hmm. that was shot down the road from our camp and actually there was a 144 a 140 or four or 145 10 that came off of our property no kidding so there is some you know old big deer up there yeah but yeah anything north of uh anything north of 110 to 120 inches up there is you know real a good yeah that's something that everybody nobody's gonna walk past and not look at it if it's on your truck you know yeah yeah. because it's gonna be a big deer no kidding now are you guys doing like a lot of stand hunting or do you guys do like deer drives up there during gun season or is it all no deer drives no deer drives. that is not really a thing like, like everybody thinks it is. Yeah, well, look, I've look, never been involved. If it's all in timber, I mean, how do you even really plan that out? Yeah, yeah that's you true. Could, that the deer true. would just lay down. I've yeah. watched deer lay down in, like, blowdowns, and I've walked 15 yards past them. And then you turn around, they're, they're running the other way. Yeah, no, they won't even <laughs> get up. They'll just, they'll just stay there until you're gone. And That's crazy. That Northwoods hunting's cool, man. It's interesting to hear about. It'd it's, be uh, confusing for, like, us to go in, you know? It would be. It take. It take oh. a little bit to figure out. Yeah, it definitely oh, it would, would for sure. Such a change of pace and everything. It's. But. It's pretty. Um. It. 
one thing that it requires is time. Yeah. They're just, the deer density is lower. Mm-hmm. So it does require some time if you're going to be selective about what you want. Yeah. But if you go up there with a doe tag in your pocket and a buck tag, I mean, you could, go, if you're a decent hunter, you could go up there on a weekend and punch both those tags. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you're probably going to end, I mean, realistically, if you just got a couple days, two and a half year old deer, three and a half year old deer is going to be a good goal for you to set. Yeah. yeah. Respectable. If you have some time, you can go up there and hunt bigger deer. Let me let me ask you guys this. This is a question to everybody in the studio and our listeners. If you want to message us and you know agree or disagree, I think it's kind of a it's a statement, but it's like a question in the statement. I think that you can take you know wh- whoever comes to mind for you. Everybody's got their top five like white tail dudes that come to mind when you talk about like consistent killers. I think you could take those people. Whether they're public land guys, private land guys, whatever. If guys are consistent and they can figure deer out, I think you could take those people and copy and paste them into any part of the country. And with a little bit of time, they will figure out and figure out how to kill deer consistently in whatever area you put them in. Do you guys agree with that or disagree with that? I would agree with that. It it would. Uh, it depends. I think some people have access to some properties that makes deer hunting pretty easy. Yeah. And if that they thought they were just going to come in a week and flip the switch, they'd really struggle. Well, I'm not saying a week. I'm, you know, a season. I guess this is what I was getting at. If they're a problem solver, they'll figure it out. Yeah. I, I think, you know, there are guys that definitely have some kind of like walk on and shoot properties on some 150 plusers every mm-hmm. year. But, um, uh, I feel like that's more rare because if you're consistently killing mature bucks or two mature bucks every year with a bow, mm-hmm. I think you kind of – You have that kind of not general knowledge but like the – Yeah. Okay, say say there's a switch in your brain. That switch has to be flipped in order for you to be like fairly consistent on big deer. I feel like a lot of those guys that switch is flipped and they're not lazy hunters. Um, I, so I think that you could take them and put them in the south and they'll figure out how to kill – the biggest deer that they can find in the south or you put them in the north they can find the biggest deer they can find to kill up there and you know wherever i just think guys that are consistent in figuring out whitetails like um like mark jury was just on and we kind of talked about the public land thing there's certain people that think that mark jury can't figure out how to kill a deer on public ground because he's got highly managed private land well mark's like well what do you think we cut our teeth on Right. You know, it's like Mark Jury is a guy who knows they deer, knows how to figure out deer, knows how to deal with difficult patterns and situations. Like Austin Chandler. You yep. put Austin Chandler anywhere. He's um, going to figure it out. He's going to figure out how to kill that deer. I, and maybe I'm wrong, but that's my look on it, you know, um, with enough time. You know, you take whoever your whitetail hero is. I don't know. I, I think they could figure it out. In a week's time, that's hard to do. No. In a, a week's season, time, yeah, a week's time would be hard for anybody, I think. Yeah, a season or, you know, give them a year. Like, give them – because oh, yeah. a lot of times it takes one year to hunt a property on the outside, figure out what deer are doing, and then you make your moves. Um, That'd be a very interesting thing to see, like a challenge. Yeah, like take somebody and put them – I mean, they'd have to have the time off. and Yeah, the, the I've been day. saying for years, dude, I'd love to see Mark and Terry Dury do – who cares what they do or don't shoot? Go have them go do a piece of – yeah. A public land. Yeah, like out east or something. Have them go do something that they want to do for fun. Yeah. Well, I I might be wrong or remembering it wrong. Dude, do you have a hard time remembering episodes because you've done so many? Mm, Yeah. 
I have a, I'm terrible at it, dude. Like, I feel like the, the older I get, my memory is so bad. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if it's because I'm, like, busy all the time, and then my brain doesn't, like, absorb things like it should. Because I don't know if that makes sense or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I feel like maybe, like, once something's completed, it's, it's like, out of your brain. Yes. Like, I did that. I kind of feel like that's what the next I'm, thing. Yeah. I'm having that issue. Um, What's Tommy Boy say? Is it resonant hops? Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh that's my problem. <laughs> Say that again? Yeah, you, your brain's all occupied by resin and hops. <laughs> <laughs> resin and hops. I didn't know what you said at first. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Um, I was out there talking. <laughs> that might be part of the problem. I drink too much. But nah. I thought Mark said something that they do dance on some public sometimes still here and there. I think he did. Now you say that. Maybe I'm wrong. It's possible. But I think Mark, you could put Mark anywhere. You give him enough time. He's going to figure I, it out. I want to say this because I wanted to go back. Because when I listened to that, I, I really liked that episode. Thank you. So We had so much good response from that episode, yeah, too. I'm just going to say, uh, well, I'll say my um, negative. Bad, the things I don't agree about what he said. Mm-hmm. Like, he kind of said, dear, dear. He, he made that ex- exact statement. Dear, yeah. dear. I don't agree with that whatsoever. I can see that point. So... Pressure dictates everything. Yeah. Above and beyond any of the stuff that he talks about, bar, bar, barometric pressure, yeah. wind, everything is about security for a whitetail. Mm-hmm. If they don't Survival. have security, it, it, it's like talking about how a kid, like what's a, okay, what's like a ritzy suburb that you could think of where there is like no crime? Uh <laughs> That North maybe Naperville. I don't know how familiar you guys are with Illinois. Like I don't know. Naperville's a yeah, it's a suburb of Chicago. Chicago. Um, so let's just say I don't think there's a safe area anywhere near Chicago. Um, no, I don't think so either. Yeah, we'll just call it Bettendorf. That's like the yeah, ritzy area, closest thing. suburb to here. Kind so of. So we're <laughs> just say suburb, suburb of New Windsor. Yeah, yeah. New Windsor. <laughs> Sorry, that's okay. <laughs> A nice neighborhood where there's no crime, where families are outside and kids play. Yeah, yeah. Is a lot different than being on the south or the west side of Chicago. For sure. And I think that's how it is with deer. Like deer, a lot of deer in Michigan are in some super highly pressured areas and it dictates everything about them. The deer don't move during the day. Yeah, and that's a problem. Like I get that for sure. I get that. You have to beat their senses by getting like the betting thing you have to get within their security zone yeah you have to beat that if you don't you got to do it in a much more fragile way because of pressure there's different ways to do it yeah you can have a setup where you sneak in and get within like you got in within their comfort zone and they didn't detect you yeah or you can get in there before they get in there that's what i try to do Mm -hmm. i try to get in an hour uh you know, an hour, hour 15 before even the break of day. Yeah. And I'm in before the deer are in. Yeah. And then if you sit, if if they come in, they'll bed Well, it's still dark. But after two or three hours of the sun being up, they're confident that no one else came, no, no hunter, no sense of pressure came in there. They'll get up. They'll move around a little bit in that secure area. Yeah. They are not leaving that. No... No buck that is three and a half or older is moving outside of that that security cover that he could cover yeah. with his eyes and all his sense. You've got to beat their 
get in, you know, in their security it's system. It's kind of like a, it's a timing thing to a point when you're doing it that way. You know, it's, well, that, that makes the difference between guys that are killing deer and guys that are still in bed and getting out late. To, oh, you know, a hundred percent. I'm blown away every time that Cody says like, Oh, I get in there, you know, I never get in there and to before this and that, I'm thinking you'd never, you'd never kill deer up there. You, yeah. You wouldn't. Yeah. I'm sorry. You just, it wouldn't, well, you'd kill some deer, but not the deer you want to kill. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, that makes sense. But that goes back to what I'm saying. Like, I think Mark Jury would eventually see that, you know what I mean? With the season's time. I and mean, we're just using him as an example. hundred you know? percent. Like he'd be like, Oh, I just need to get in here early as shit and try and get in close. But, but I've seen Mark in broad daylight shoot a deer out of a box blind off a trailer right like i know that no deer a deer in michigan would not come within 300 yards of that right and i get that too um for sure um my whole point is that like you know he's done both ends of the spectrum he's He's earned the exactly yeah 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 for sure i am not mad at him in any capacity whatsoever and i don't argue that if he came there he would be a he would he would do the same thing. Yeah. Everybody would be at the bar asking him how he kills big deer all the time because that's what he would figure out how to do. Yeah. He'd have sure. to do a lot differently than he's doing it now. For sure. Exactly. The the deer, the pressure just dictates everything. So the deer don't move much during daylight. Mm-hmm. They, they, they definitely like to get into a secure area before the sun comes up. Sometimes an hour, 45 minutes before the sun even begins to break. The yeah. deer are in that little security area. They might mill around a little bit before they bed down, mm-hmm. check some stuff out. And I really think that a, a, a lot of the other deer will definitely move at the same times. You mm-hmm. know, the smaller bucks and the does right at sun up and sundown. Yeah. And I think those deer like to get bedded and just usually around 1030 is when I see a lot of bucks get up. And I think they walk around and kind of check out all the activity from the deer that came in and out yeah. throughout the course of those couple hours in the morning. Kind of checking yeah. the place out. But usually, you know, 10.30 to 2.30 is when I've shot my last couple decent bucks was, you know, in the middle of the afternoon when everybody else is yeah. up at camp drinking Bloody Marys. Yeah, for sure. And I think the deer, I realize it now when I'm up there, you can hear car doors. Truck, you can hear a truck for. We're patternable. You can hear uh, a truck start up for three miles away. Yeah, and the deer hear that too, and you'll hear trucks start up going up and down the road. And I feel like the deer recognize the fact that all right, the people are not here now. And for sure, I, I see a mm-hmm. lot of deer move in that. How are they not pattern that? You know what I mean? Yeah, they live there. You're in their house. Well, that's what um, literally Ross Bigger, our good buddy, that's on a lot. His he likes to hunt midday like that. Like he loves it. Hell, he's been on Respect the Game was a show, is a, still a show. Um, he would, was on a couple episodes, him shooting a deer, 1030. Uh, what was that one deer? He gets in, and he shoots it, like, <laughs> not long after being there. He got in there late, didn't he? Yeah, it was like 1030, 11. Yep. He shot. I mean, pretty cool, you know? But, I've, uh, I haven't really, I haven't really done a lot of just, just midday sits. Like, if I do, like, a sit like that, I'll sit later in the morning move go sit somewhere else for a few hours then move again if i have to for the afternoon right but but i just wanted to say that because he said deer or deer and i think deer are vastly different and it just depends on pressure i think that's the biggest thing that if that's a good point if the pressure's off of them because i'll see that in comparison to where i hunt down in southern michigan there's a lot of people yeah it's small parcels there's a lot of people 
the deer are just like crackheads. Like they are just they're <laughs> out s- tweaking, dude. They're <laughs> no, literally walking all around, hours of the day. you know, looking up into the trees. Yeah. Whereas the deer up in northern Michigan, throughout the day, they're they're just way more relaxed. They run into way less people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that makes perfect sense. And you were I mean, asking about the pressure, like downstate. It's just insanity. Yeah. Like a militarized zone. Up north, I haven't ran into another hunter in six or seven years. No shit. Yeah. That's crazy. That's interesting. If I do, it's my fault. Yeah. I look at it that way. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm running into somebody else, he's, I'm in a bad spot. Right. No, that's a good way to look. That's a good mindset to have on that. It, I Pressure does change deer big time because I've... I've hunted like a variety of farms with different pressure. You know, the farm I grew up on hunting is mostly all timber, um, ravines, and just every trail just meanders through randomly. It, it seems like um, with heavy pressure all around it. You know, it's for the first time we just had stands stolen off the fucking place. Man, goddamn, that pisses me off. Bad, it's crazy. But, it's um, crazy. Yeah, it makes me angry too. Yeah, um, but yeah, hunters all around it, like buried up on it. Quick, I've actually killed my biggest. My two biggest bucks there. You know, um, I was just going to say, if you do that, you're either a bad person or a young kid. If you steal somebody's shit out of the that's woods. That's fair. I would say this yes. is probably, it's mushroom hunters, honestly. Like hippies? Um, I just feel like in our area. Like they're anti-deer hunters, so they took your stuff? No, I just feel like they're trash mushroom hunters. good point, hunters. though. I didn't think about that. Like anti-hunters? No, like, I don't think they're guys. anti-hunters. I don't think so either. Because I think, I, I, I assume that they stole these stands for them. But so they could buy meth, that or sell them, or for them to hunt out of them. But uh, maybe. But here, I feel like Sounds in our like area, that. and people are going to be like either mad at me. If, I don't give a fuck. I feel like if you just mushroom hunt, you always have a pack of marble reds, and you're trash. Like that's just what you are. You're a trash person that just lives off marble reds <laughs> and fucking Keystone ice. Like always walk around. Just <laughs> I feel yeah, like that might up. be a touch <laughs> narrow minded, but <laughs> well, you know touch. what? Fuck it. I'm calling it. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I'm just thinking that me I say what I said. I'm just thinking that we went on a family mushroom hunt this fall, and I'm just thinking smoking cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> the only time you smoked in the years mushroom hunting. Well, son, you're five, but it's time to learn how let's, we do. Let's this. cut them sleeves off. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like also, so I only say that it's an inside joke between me and one of my best friends. My one of my best friends, Tyler, he mushroom hunts with us a lot. And he's got some family, and I have some family, so I can I can even be related to some of this. Um, so I'm t- I'm I'm speaking from experience, and I just feel like you just get the dudes that every time somebody shows a picture of like I found forty four hundred mushrooms, and or they'll show you a picture of one big mushroom. There's always like a pack of marble reds there for reference on how big the mushroom is. Like I just feel like that's a consistent thing I see. Interesting, and maybe it's just the people I know. Maybe it is. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Maybe yeah. I'm trash. Usually it's like their hand or algorithms. Like, uh, it, it's maybe it's just my trash circle that I know that it is mushrooms. <laughs> but it's maybe like, you're just friends with terrible, like shitty mushroom hunters. They are. We we <laughs> say there's a power in being a smoker and finding mushrooms. Like it's a joke with us. Like oh yeah, my buddy's out mushroom hunting. Oh, is he smoking a marble? Actually, yes, he was. Yeah. So he yeah. found four hundred that day. Yes. It's, it's funny you say batch. that now because I'm thinking my godfather is smoking Marlboro Reds and he finds a lot of mushrooms. I'm telling you, there's something to it. Yeah, like there's a. It's it's like one of those like like secrets, you know. It's like I don't know what it is. I guess I think it's probably just like people how do we get here? 
I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking about your tree stand getting stolen. Yeah, trash. And you're thinking it's trash. The mushroom hunter. I think it was yeah. a trash Marlboro Red smoker. Yeah. No offense if you smoke Marlboro Red. It's probably great. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, for the record. But I had a few back yeah, in maybe like, like 21, 22. Have you smoked one, Eric? Oh, yeah. I've never, ever tried one. Yeah. My my but my old man smoked my whole life, so it's not like my parents smoked when I was growing up too. But I never that's I, what made me never want to touch one. Exactly. Yeah. I've tried it, you know, to say hey, I want to try it, but people I've never got into it. Think I'm lying straight up to him when I say that, but I swear to God, my I've never tried one. My wife never has. I just I grew up around it, you know. You're not missing anything, yeah. No, it sucks. Yeah. Like cigar, whatever. You know, for sure. Yo, I'm not trying to go stand outside of a bar when it's negative 30 out and smoke a cigarette. No you know? kidding. That's <laughs> just for the birds. No, no kidding. Yeah, for sure. Hey, how long have you been doing your podcast? Uh, Three and a half years, I think. Yeah, I was curious. I don't know if we talked about that before because you were on our show long, a couple years ago. Uh, it would have been last summer. Was it last summer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck, a couple it years seems, ago. It now, seems now way it longer, don't it? We were, we were here. It might have been two summers ago, Kurt. No, we weren't. It was we the here. year that I put my film out. Yeah, yeah, it was two summers ago. It wasn't here. We weren't here. Are you sure? Yeah, we weren't here at the new studio. They all it was two summers ago, man. That's what I'm saying. No, it was I last f- year. I forget shit. It was last year. I could find out. We could just look it up. We could. Um, or we could just sit here and guess for like 45 more that'd minutes. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I think it was... Uh, it was two summers ago. I'm sure. Maybe. I'm I sure. Think, do we, I think you might have had me on twice. Fuck, you're wrong. It was last summer. Yeah, it was. That's I say, I I'm pretty phone. sure we were here. I don't fucking remember, man. I do. I do. I do remember it was last year. I was living at my mother-in-law's house. I won't forget it. <laughs> so, so you've been on twice? You've been on our show twice? I think so. I definitely was Mother on last, fuck. last year. Fuck, I don't remember what I did yesterday, so. I'm bad, man. I'm telling you. Going back to that, my wage brain's just like, it's a podcast it's life. Where's you down? It's podcast life. It's tough. I hear rocking old. Old rock band. Doug, you, you got that degree. You're supposed to remember this shit. What kind of tree stand did you have stolen? Uh, there were my both of my dads. My dad's a big climber guy. Oh. Um, he had a... Sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. He had a River's Edge. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. He had a River's Edge climber stolen. So he killed the Geyer Buck out of a... He bought it for 40 bucks on sale years ago. And then that got stolen. That one got stolen years ago. And then his buddy had one that was, like, brand new. Like, he bought it the same year, but never, never used, used it. it. And then that guy gave it to my dad because he knew how much my dad liked him. That got stolen, and then he had an XOP climber stolen. I've never used a climber before. I've used a few times. What's your thoughts? I was young when I used them. Like, I was, like, 16, 17. <laughs> I don't like them. And I didn't like it. It's, it's dicey. Like the, it's dicey. The older people loved them. My dad's my dad prefers a climber yeah, over anything. I will say this all the time. Once you're up in them, they're super comfortable. It does yeah. unmatched comfort. Yeah. But getting up and down yeah, always seems a, a little sketchy. And for me <laughs> I don't, I've never used one, so I can't say anything. It's so in this loud. I, I feel like I have a hard time getting up and down yeah. anything without making a ton of noise. Ninety percent of my dad's big bow bucks were killed out of a Pack in, climb up, and kill the buck. Yeah. And we should start using climbers. He killed the Geyer buck. Geyer buck's a 191-inch mainframe eight with just trash everywhere. He killed that and out of a climber, out of that river's edge climber with an old reflex reflex growler. An old Summit. I think it's called the Summit Viper. I had one of those and sold it. Did you go down or did you just lean over? Shit over the rail. Shit over the rail. 
Yeah, like Steve. Remember when Steve tried to say shit out of a stand? There's no way. I've you, seen it done. It's awful. <laughs> I've seen it done. You yeah. have seen it done? You watch somebody I've do it? seen it done. Wow. I'm not not by say, me. I'm, I'm not going to say anything. Steve did, definitely did. I know what Doug has. Doug has. You shit out of a hanger? <laughs> yeah, he. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. My buddy. I played the fifth. My buddy had like an emergency situation. He's like, "Oh, well, that's terrible." I was like, "Don, we're were you like filming together?" Were you guys like, "No, a I walked set? in like <laughs> was it?" I got a shit, bro. Bro, I got to go. Like now, no. Uh, I was. We were walking in. We were walking in, and it was like, "Hey, at ten thirty, you know, come get me." So I showed up at his stand, and <laughs> oh, no. and he's like. uh something's wrong with my stomach dude like i'm 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 having like serious pains in my stomach and i'm like all right well like let's get down and we'll get to camp and he's like no and <laughs> i looked up and he's taking his pants off and i'm like what the fuck's he doing what is he doing oh, yeah no. and so he he throws his pants down around his ankles and turns around he's facing the tree grabs the seat oh and oh. then just just hangs just hangs his ass over and just well played it was a mess, and I was like, "Why am I looking at this hanging dump?" It's like a car wreck. Can't look away. That's called the hanging dump, bro. I was so <laughs> yeah. shit through the grate. <laughs> Stop it! You got to make it over the grate. Yeah, it took me a minute to like realize what was going on, and I was like, "Look so, away!" Wait, so you're on the ground <laughs> yeah, when this is happening? This. I'm on the ground. I'm witnessing oh, all no. this in real time. <laughs> oh no, that's not a good view. That's not a good. You probably uh, you. Had, some could say it's the worst. And, the, and he's a big guy. Like, oh yeah, yeah. There's like no finesse in what he's like. Doing. I've had some close calls, but I've always been able to make it down from the stand. Yeah, no, he was gonna shit his pants, and he thought the better alternative was to be shit from twenty foot up. Yeah, and I agree. He's not shy. Yeah. So, uh, and so I'm like, all right, turn around. Like, so I like turn around. And turn I'm not around. looking. You guys are making. You're trying to plan this out with each <laughs> other. Like, like <laughs> don't watch me, bro. That's, Bro, don't watch, but just turn around. Ugh. I realized at the exact same time when I turned around, I was like, both of the audible thing that is going on right now is disturbing, and I'm clearly downwind. Oh, yeah. Uh, the audible, the, the noise that you're hearing. <laughs> Absolutely. Hopefully uh, it wasn't like a windy day. You're getting hit with, like, shrapnel. It was like, it was like a night of... Like pink a, eye shit? <laughs> yeah. Like you might have got pink eye from the particles floating in the air? I can yeah. tell you a pretty amusing story about pink eye running rampant through our deer camp. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Yeah, it happened one year, <laughs> for sure. Pink eye's not fun. I've had it. I've never um, had it as an adult. We have a... Um, so I'm your pillow? What do you call them? You guys uh, use one, right? What do you call them? Uh, don't know what you're talking about. Use what? The air cleaners. Oh, okay. oh. like a sink crusher. Like sink crusher. Thing? Yeah. Oh, is it ozone? Yeah. Yeah. Ozone. Yeah, yeah. We have an ozone machine now in our camper that helps take care of... Pink eye? Dis- <laughs> disinfecting the air, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, you know, you're all a bunch of idiots. You're uh, passing bottles of liquor around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We all went and sighted our rifles in is what happened. Mm-hmm. And we shared a pair of binoculars. Oh, shit. That'll do it. And everyone got pink eye, and everyone took it home and gave it to their wives and their kids. No shit. A, a disaster. What is it? Just an eye infection? Super. Terrible eye infection, dude. Um, I never Super had contagious. Uh, I think it's a, a bacterial eye infection. No kidding. And it makes your eyes just, like, puff up and... You get all this nasty stuff in your eyes. Like when I would wake up in the morning, I would literally have to like yeah peel my eyelid open because all the shit and trash in your eye, the mucus Whoa. that comes out of it. Like, like it, I, I literally couldn't open Ooh. my eye with your just... eyes ooze 
and oh, then it then it dries up at night. Yeah, I've, I've I've had it as a kid, but I've never had it as an adult. It's terrible. I couldn't so. wear my contacts when I when I had it, and the only glasses I had were my prescription safety glasses from John Deere. <laughs> <laughs> so I wore those everywhere. It was That's hilarious. Awesome. With the side shields. Oh on yeah, and shit. Fucking warm to the bar. Everything. Fuck yeah, dude. That's hilarious. He's at the bar with pink eye. What a what a what an Iowa. Well, no, because once you take the drops, like after two days, you still have pink eye, but it's not contagious anymore. Gotcha. Well, plus, you have city glasses on. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. It's boxing it all in. Good for you. <laughs> I remember specifically that year at that deer camp. I was, I was, that was at deer camp in Michigan, but I was living in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And I remember being back at work the beginning of the week and calling my boss and be like, I can't go. Like, I can't work. I can't, like, drive to work. I can't open my eyes. And he's like, sounds like a you problem. No shit. Yeah. Oh, I tell I got to kick rocks. No, I mean, he gave me a bunch of time off to go deer hunting, and it was like my first day back, and I was young. You know, he was probably just thinking I was being an asshole. Yeah, yeah. He probably didn't realize that I was... Like he didn't believe you? Yeah, maybe halfway, you know. Didn't realize your eyes were fucking... Dude, it was, uh, it was definitely one of my worst days of work, but I remember I had to go to uh, somewhere out by, like, Rockford that day. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we were living... You know, in a suburb of Chicago out in Naperville. Yeah. And I just remember driving through, like, nothing but cornfields and my ha- just having, like, tunnel vision because my eyes were all, like, swelled up and I couldn't see anything. Did it you have it awful. in both eyes? Both eyes. Oh, Jimmy. I just had it only Jimmy. one eye. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't eyes. imagine. Man, those binos just had freaking pink eyes. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, it was. That's a disaster. I have some photos, you know, of everybody. Uh-huh. Just everyone looks uh-huh. like they're stoned out of their fucking mind. You just text like you text group, who's the dick that brought pink eye to the party? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> who's the asshole here? Definitely been an ongoing joke for a long time. It was not funny when it happened. But somebody no, yeah. somebody we definitely back on farted like, on those binoculars. It's gonna ruin some deer hunting too. <laughs> so you've been doing your podcast for three and a half years. We've already decided you've been on twice. Um, I was just curious, like what. Is it something you always thought about doing, or when did you get the idea to start your podcast? It was, I think, when I was listening to uh, the podcasts that were out. I wasn't listening to your guys' podcast. I was listening to the Gritty Bowman podcast mm-hmm. that was their out of I don't know their Western Hunting podcast, yeah. mm-hmm. and then I was listening to Mark Kenyon podcast. And I was like, oh, this is such a cool format because you're like really spending time with these people. Yeah, I felt like you really connected with them. I feel like you're hanging out with them. Yeah, but I never, like, fully connected with their personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought, I'm like, you know, it'd be cool if somebody would do one that's, like, in the trades and swears all the time, like what I'm used to being at <laughs> when I'm around at deer right. camp. Yeah. A bunch of guys drinking beer saying super inappropriate stuff. Yeah. That's what deer camp is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like locker room talk. <laughs> and it's like shop talk. Yeah, shop talk. I looked so forward to that every year. I thought, man, if I could like recreate a little bit of that social yeah. atmosphere that it, you know, people might listen. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a good group of friends like you guys kind of have. So we didn't have to do anything, mm-hmm. like try to create anything. We just did what we had been doing for years, but put microphones on. We would just sit down, have some drinks, talk some shit, talk deer hunting. Yeah. And, you know, start having some guests on and just decided I really enjoyed doing it. And I couldn't see going back from it. I've always been a social person. Yeah. And especially as you get, like, later in life and you're committed to working and doing everything else. Yeah. I look for people to socialize with that have 
the same common things that I like. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, I spend a lot of days with people that I don't have nearly as much in common <laughs> as I do with you guys. Yeah, yeah. That's for well, sure. And so you kind of start to build that social mm-hmm. network, and it becomes really valuable yeah. to, mm-hmm. to, Definitely. It, to me. It's cool, man. Uh, podcasting's done a lot for us as just in general, life in general. Um, how many episodes do you got out roughly now? I mean, I know I it, depending on when this airs. Around 172 or 3, something like that. Yeah, so you're getting yeah, up there. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just trying to like paint the picture for our listeners if they're unfamiliar. I know most people that are into podcasting know. No, I think you got a lot of people that listen to your podcast that probably don't listen to mine. Could be. There's so many podcasts. I think people get stretched thin on time. You know, nowadays for sure. Yeah, nowadays. I well, think. and there's so many like you can't even hear about them all. Really. Yeah. Well, that's 100%. the thing. Like when we that's I think that was our advantage from the get. You know, yeah. we were in before a lot of the the influx of just the everyone's got one now. A lot of times, people will find your stuff and they're like, "Oh, I didn't." I, I, I wish I'd known about this. Yeah, right. You know, we hear that a lot, it. too. We hear that a lot. It's just a product of how much content is out there. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. when I was uh, with those guys earlier at that meeting, they're talking about this. This is the number one show on Sportsman's Channel, you know, and we we uh, did did some projects with them and this and that. I'm like, i never heard of these guys. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm a diehard deer hunter. I've never heard of them. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, you'll know them when you see them. Nope. I don't know who that is. <laughs> nope. Never <laughs> no seen No idea. Them. Podcasting has exploded. It's doing podcasting is going through exactly what hunting shows went through a couple of years ago. Yep, it's absolutely a very digestible format of content. Yeah, because people can be working, driving. It's almost it's, it's multi- better than video, which is why you see a lot of failed um, internet shows starting podcast <laughs> failed as kind it takes of a joke. Time. But well, I was kidding <laughs> with that. But <laughs> say that again. I, 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 I said that's why you show. see a lot of failed video uh, video shows starting podcasts now. Oh, uh, like was, video casts? What do you call those? Well, what I'm saying, I was kidding around saying like <laughs> regular hunting shows that are like, "Fuck, this isn't working. We got to start a podcast oh, now." So right. now they're podcasters. I was joking, but I got you. it's like kind of true at the same time. Not failed. Failed was the joke, but that is a thing that <laughs> they're you are using seeing. it to connect to their audience. Yeah, like, let's try this. Well, here's the thing: is they can't in video, and I love a lot of hunting shows. But in video, you can't connect the way you can with a podcast, and especially in conversation. And then especially if you're uptight and rigid, it's hard for you to connect with anybody but uptight and rigid people. And those people, I don't feel like, and maybe I'm wrong because I'm not that person. We don't really hang out with those type of people. Those type of people aren't really connecting with you, and like we're gonna reach out, and be like, "Hey, dude, fucking love what you guys talk about. It's hilarious." Like we did that podcast with Bear Camp when we told uh, the last one we did, we told the joke that a guy in camp shared with us about this big elaborate joke. We called him; he told the joke on the show, and I had I don't know how many messages this morning, dude. That joke had me fucking laughing and like just really relating to a dirty joke that we told. And I just don't think you get that through a hunting show because you can't do that type of thing with video right. on your platform. Right. I mean, I mean, take that situation and dive into a whole bunch of shit we've done, and, and we've done over 380 episodes, and the interaction we get from people being like, hey, man, we said that was fucking hilarious, or I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, the connection mm-hmm. is deeper through what we do. Long format, you know, think about it. No one is going to watch a two-hour video that you put out every week. Hell Definitely no. not, no. But they'll listen no. to a two-hour podcast that you put out twice a week. Sure. Well, there's guys out there welding on shit right now listening, like nodding their head to us talking about welding, that 
They can't watch a hunting show. No, that's what no. I'm saying. It's just a much more, it's a working man's media. It really is. For sure. Well, they think like they're sitting around with us, you know. Or a like, woman, I mean. They're here with us. It's a working a person. We're, it's working class. I'm amazed yeah. that any females listen to our show, but they do. Dude, I'm not going to lie. The girls that do listen, the, the ladies out there that listen and reach out are like fucking badasses. They kick ass. Yeah. And I'm not saying that. And there's probably a lot of women that listen that don't reach out. Anyone need but, a beer? But the one, I'm good right now. But the ones that do, it's it's kind of cool hearing from them. Like, I'll go for a beer. I appreciate those messages just a little more because they like they get it and they're yeah sure especially because we've we've put a lot of bullshit women hunters on blast like they're just doing it for like clout social media clout and attention mm-hmm. like we're kind of known for putting those people on blast and then we get messages from the real the real deal chicks that are like hey i fucking really appreciated that <laughs> yep, they love it so that's cool like i like that it's, it's neat you know i was gonna bring that up because uh you had what's his face on there a couple weeks ago and make you, hunting great again yeah yeah i don't <clears throat> fully agree with that guy on that not a lot of people do yeah uh there's <laughs> that's a, fair there's a couple things actually i want to give that guy some constructive criticism that's fair i'm sure he probably won't listen i don't know if he listens actually probably not we'll find out i'll and tell him to listen yeah he uh first of all that guy seems like an absolute blast to be around he's a fun time <laughs> yeah i would assume that his yes. friends very much enjoy being around him his sense of humor is he like we were talking about earlier about people not having a sense of humor there's yeah. a reason why right. a lot of people can't handle him oh because they don't have yes, a sense 100%. of humor you have to you have like on, a yes. super deep sense of humor yeah. yes it's one of those things where like okay and i'm going to say this I'm going to give him constructive, or I'm just going to say there's some things I don't agree with him on, and I wouldn't say this if I didn't like him. Like yeah. that's how me and my friends are. Like we're going to talk more shit to each other. Oh, I like it for and, sure. And if you're going to dish it out, you better be able to take it. That's yeah, because right. there's a lot of people that can't do that. Oh yeah, definitely not. And that yeah. irks the shit out of me. And oh, yeah, it bothered me when he said that. Oh, Aaron Snyder is one of the guys that's really doing it right. Well. I've done business with Aaron Snyder, mm-hmm. and so have a lot of other people. Definitely not the ideal guy to say, like, he's doing it right. Yeah. He does the same shit everybody else does, but then just talks shit about everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we're not sponsored. Okay, who's paying for all the hunts you're going on? Sick uh, other companies that he's working for, they're writing checks for him to go on. Yeah. Um, what do you call those hunts? Just sponsor influencer hunts? No, not spot guided. Guided, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's going somewhere and doing hunt and I'm not taking any way thing away from that guy as far as being he is an absolute murderer. He's legit, yeah. I like Aaron. I'm not familiar, honestly. Okay. With I'm not either. We, and the, and we, I think I said this on the podcast. A lot of what we talked about I we interviewed from curiosity. Sure. Because I don't I don't know a lot about Aaron Snyder. I've seen his name. I I would probably recognize him if he showed me a photo. Mm-hmm. But I don't know anything in detail about them or nothing like that so this is definitely stuff that i'm saying here right now that you don't hear yeah but there's a lot of people that have worked with him that won't work with him again really because he essentially does the same thing that they cut those guys cut everybody else down on Mm -hmm. but then just talk shit about everybody else and dog their sponsors and say that everything that they do is bullshit it's that whole they can dish it out but they can't Can't take take it If you're not being honest with people, I'm going to call you out on it. Oh, of course, yeah. And and I worked with him and had the single-handed worst experience that I've had 
working in the hunting industry was with him. So when that guy said that, he lost a lot of credibility with mm. me. And it's probably just uh, a factor of his exposure. Just he, he just because, doesn't know yet. Dude, I, I, I mean, Aaron, I literally idolized him. You know, I thought he was outstanding, dude. He sponsored our film. Our film, Kafaru did. We had a good working relationship, yeah. and I held up every. I exceeded everything I told him that I was going to do for him. I did more. Yeah, right. and he treated me like. I'll just say it. We had a phone call, and he literally blew up and screamed at me like, like I was some like he was a high school girl breaking up with me, and hung the phone up on me. And for what? All right. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> all right. Here we go. So Aaron, like, we're invested now. On cue, bring me in here. <laughs> Aaron has always preached like, don't say, don't be like the fanboy or get a company under you and then say, oh, their shit's the best. Their shit's the best. You've never ran anything else. You're just saying it's the best because they're writing you a check. Mm-hmm. Be real. I took that to heart. And I, I, oh, I do. We run all different kinds of gear. Yeah. And we compare, you know, we compare. And I've always wanted to be real about that, not just say, oh, yeah, lone wolf tree stands are the best tree stands or uh, XOP tree stands are the best tree stands. Yep. I actually want to have sat in every other tree stand and know what I'm talking about. For sure. Like the pros and cons. Well, that's I'm what not makes it's to, organic marketing. Then when you talk about what's good when you're partnered with them, but I'm not trying to sell anybody anything because I really respect people's time and how hard it is to earn money. Yeah, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up anybody's ass. You do, you get whatever works the best for you. Absolutely. Right. And Aaron always preached that, and I took that to heart. So I saved up a lot of money and bought my backpack through Kafaru, mm-hmm. and then ran my backpack for a year before I ever even reached out to him to say, hey. I think what you say is awesome, and I think our brands kind of align. I think I could introduce you to the whitetail market a little bit here because we do a lot of big woods hunting. Yeah. I'm going to invest in a Western-style pack. I kind of want to invest in your who you are, yeah, yeah. your company, and be part of that. You believed in the brand. Right. And so we started off a, you know, a, a relationship, and he did. A, I flew out to Colorado. We had a meeting. He agreed to sponsor my film. Um, they gave us a backpack and a shelter as compensation. Um, Kafaru stuff's cashy. I'm just going to say this right now. Their stuff's the bomb. Yeah. Like, it's super durable. Like, uh, compared to, like, Carhartt. Like, you know, when you think yeah. of, like, Carhartt, you think of, like, rugged outdoor stuff that just doesn't fall apart. Yeah. Kafaru is that. Okay. Like, they are far superior to a lot of the other outdoor companies that are out there. They make mm-hmm. products that look very similar. But the materials aren't even – it's not even in the same ballpark. Okay. It's like a, a, a Focus and a Lamborghini are both cars, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're substantially different. Right. Hey, hand me one of the MySchool beers, will you? Yes, so sir. Or I had a ton, temperature of, beers, a ton of respect for what he was doing, and I wanted to be part of it. Well, he took a major issue with the fact that other companies sent us backpacks. And I'm like, homeboy, you're the one that <laughs> I've been guy. listening to for years saying don't talk a bunch of shit and say your shit's the best if you don't run anything else. Yeah. Right. And he, like, criticized me. He's like, how'd you get those? And I'm like, well, one of the other guys that works with me uh, had a conversation with one of the owners, and they wanted to send us some stuff to demo. 
keep in mind, I never promoted any of those other companies' brands. Just my buddies that I hung out with yeah, yeah. were using them, yeah. which was great for me because I didn't have to be like using another product yeah. and pretending like, but I could ask those guys every day, like, what do you like about this? Let me check it out. And it right. was, it was sure. great in-house. We have all this gear coming in, and we can actually, I can actually say, yeah, this one's the best. This is why I like it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And plus, it helps you promote on your show and what you're using is good and all that. Yeah, I get that. So essentially, just so like you got buddies that shoot other bows, like we shoot elite. Like I can shoot their bows, or well, we've all shot other bows. And yeah, we know, and like not saying that elite's better than another brand, but we prefer it. Right. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I preferred Kafaru stuff over the other shelters and com- the backpacks that other companies had yeah. sent us that we. That, you know, I think I was already clear about that. Like, I think their quality exceeds what else is available. Yeah. He uh, essentially just flipped out on me, and uh, he told me, you can literally go back and listen to the episode. They were releasing a pack that he really liked for, that he designed for Eastern hunters and for deer hunting. Mm-hmm. And he was on my podcast, and he was, I had him on to promote the pack, because I'm like, Dude, we're a whitetail. Come on, promote that yeah, pack. Yeah. Aaron had been out with us a couple times. So he tells me on the podcast, I'd like to send you a couple of them so you guys can try them out. Mm-hmm. Dude, that'd be sweet. Yeah. That'd be sweet, yeah. So like a week goes by, and I contact the people in his office that I deal with, and I'm just like, hey, you know, Aaron said he wanted to send us a couple of these so we could demo them out and this and that, yeah. and I never heard anything back. Mm-hmm. Whatever. People are busy. They got stuff going on. I'm literally recognizing the fact that i'm like calling and asking for something for free yeah which is yeah for sure yes and no i'm giving them access to our customer base and i know from the year prior i marked basically the people that contacted me directly asking for sales inquiries Mm -hmm. so i knew that we moved x amount of product right so i'm like i'm i don't feel guilty about saying like yeah give me a couple of those so i can help you out well yeah to a point like your platform has downloads and people are looking you're worth something and 100%. a couple free packs is probably well worth it. And your listeners are going to trust what you're saying. So a couple, a week or two went by, and uh, I never heard anything back. So I just decided I would call Aaron. We've talked on the phone dozens of times, whatever. Uh, so I called him, and I'm just like, hey, you know, I didn't hear anything back from so or so or so or so at the office. And you had mentioned about those packs. And he's just like, are you seriously calling me, asking me for stuff? And I'm like, whoa, it totally caught me off guard. It's like, uh, well, I got you on record telling me that you're going to send me some <laughs> shit. So, yeah. He's like, hey. uh, you know, I see your uh, your buddy's got, um, I don't even know what it was, a Mystery Ranch or Stone Glacier pack. He's yeah. like, you know, what the fuck's that all about? And just, I, I mean, literally just starts flying off the handle, audibly yelling at me over the phone, and then hangs up the phone on me. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Right, yeah, so caught you way off guard. Left field. Caught me way off guard. I was driving. I, I have a temper. Yeah. Well, I anybody should have a temper when you get fucking screamed at. I've never, oh, yeah. I can't reco- recollect a grown man yelling at me when I was a grown man. Yeah, that's a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I've, been, I've had it happen a handful of times on the phone, and you know what you do? You dish it right back or worse. So I literally, like, t- completely caught off guard. I pull over. I'm, like, shaking. I'm like, I call him right back. And I'm like, hey, like, I'm just being honest with you. Like, what? So if you walked into my garage and saw that I had another company's backpack in there, I would just tell you the honest truth. I'm like, I'm not trying to hide anything. Yeah. Like, we're doing, we're 
we're doing what you preach about doing, running other companies' gear so we're not blowing smoke up people's asses, sure. yeah. trying to keep it real. And he just wasn't having it. He just screamed and yelled at me and hung the phone up again. And oh, I'm just shit. like, what the fuck is going on? So I called a, a friend, a mutual friend, that, yeah. and he's like, yeah. He's like, that's happened to other people. No and I'm kidding. like, really? Interesting. So I let some time go by. I calmed down. I sent him a text message just saying, hey, you know, I'm kind of sorry that what, what went down this morning. Um, I thought maybe he had calmed down and I'd get a phone call back. Never got a text back. Never got a phone call back. Last time I ever talked to the guy. No and shit. This is actually the first time I've ever told this story. No. This was years ago. And I'm I'm not mad at him. Aaron was just on with Joe Rogan recently. Oh, okay, that's Aaron. I get I get him and another guy confused. Yeah. I get his I, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. His ex co host. Yes. I get them confused. Um, I can't think of it. Um Fuck. Brian Call. Brian Call, okay. Yeah. Yep. So Aaron was on with Joe Rogan recently and he talked about having like uh some migraine issues and having temper issues yeah, yeah. and whatnot. And I caught him on a bad day. And yeah, yeah, man, but you never know. His wife and him could have had some epic blow up fight that morning. That's true. I mean, you got to, I mean, some, sometimes people go through some shit, right? They got a lot going on. They do, but there's no reason to take it out on someone else. Right. If, if I would have been him and I would have just been going through some shit and blew up on you. And two weeks later, I feel like my personality been like, I would have to call that person and be like, God damn it, yeah. I fucked up. I thought I'm that sorry. that would have came. Yeah, just right. listen, man, I had a bad because morning, you know. for months after, maybe even a full year, I still tagged Kafaru and all the images that I posted of them and everything. Yeah. I stayed in contact with the people that worked in his office. Sure. Because I said I was going to do this for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm going to hold up my end of the deal regardless. You can literally take a shit on me, and I will hold up my end of the deal. But once that my end of the deal is up, then it's done. That says a lot about you, man. I got I got to be honest. I if I tell you I'm going to do something and I commit to it, yeah, I'll do it. But as soon as somebody treats me like that, I'm fucking out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm. I'm. Things change then. I used to be really hot headed. Like this is years ago. I used to do. I grew up doing kickboxing and karate, and I I used to get my like go blind migraines once a week. And then I wonder if that's part of the reason. I used to have an insane temper, dude, like off the top on anything like that. But then I quit doing that when I got to be 20. I was out of it because I did it from the time I was eight until I was 20, you know, every week, like getting kicked in the fucking face and all that. And I used to get migraines weekly. Like literally I'd go blind. I remember um, when I was younger being in a tree stand and I could feel them. I would know I would get I was so familiar with it. That I would get to a point where I'd be like, "Oh, I can feel it!" Like I could feel it coming down my forehead into the tops of my eyes, mm-hmm. and then it'd be like looking through a muddy windshield. I'd start to lose my vision, and then I would have to like get somewhere and lay down. Like it was bad, bad. And I remember like on several occasions texting my dad while I'm hunting, like, "Hey, I'm starting to get a migraine. I got to get down." And I remember sprinting back to my dad's truck because I knew I was going to get a migraine and not, and it would just shut me out. But when all that was happening, my temper was off the charts. Like anything that would happen, yep. I'd blow off the top. Yeah, it might be a, like a connection there. It's probably a that. fucking CTE or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> there, there it was part of that, and then it was also I figured out in as I started to put the pieces of the puzzle and some time went on. 
we also had a mutual friend that they had a business agreement that mm-hmm. went south. So I think part uh, of it was he was trying to chase me away. Kind of connected you with that. He, and he didn't maybe want me around because... Because of that other mutual friend. Yeah, and the other business deal. I mean, whatever. I never heard Aaron's side of the story, but it didn't yeah. sound like it was in his favor. Kind of sounded like a shit thing. Yeah, And yeah. so I think he... That kind of sucks, man, but... It, it really sucked. It, 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 it fucked me up, actually, for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Because uh, it was just like... I would never... I would never like uh, go out. I'm 37 years old now. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you were saying, when I was a kid, maybe in my up into my early 20s, I yeah. had a temper and did stupid shit. Yeah, but like now I'm an adult. I would never, if I didn't like somebody or they were doing something wrong, I'd just I'm not going to give them any energy. Like I'm going to go the yeah. other way. I'm not going to try to go out of my way to make somebody else have a bad day. And yeah. I couldn't. I could not imagine yelling and screaming at someone. The only way I could imagine it is if they had hurt one of my friends or my family. Yeah. And I would never do it over the phone. I would do it face to face. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way I would have that conversation over a text or an email or a phone call. Yeah. If this is where we're at, let's meet up and let's talk about this. Yeah. For sure. No, that that makes sense. It was just a total bitch move. Yeah, that sucks, man. I, I've had... In the hunting game, like as far as partners go, I've never had any issue like that. That was the um, only be- negative. That was actually the only negative thing that I've had happen to me. That's not your. So fault you can either, see though, how so. when that guy said that, I'm just kind of like, all right, that kind of taints my. Well, that too, and it's like you weren't doing anything wrong. Uh, I can show you every all the paperwork and the numbers to say I was doing everything right. Yeah, well, and that's what pisses me off. It's like I don't know, just people don't. I don't know. They, they just see the one side, like, he, he did this for you, but he didn't see what you did for him, and then now all of a sudden he's mad at you for some shit you didn't do. It was <laughs> just, then, it yeah, was exactly. high school-ish, yeah. little child That's common, dude, and everything, but, but you know? I, I, I will say this. Um, I've always had a, a, a real love um, for psychology. Mm-hmm. Even back through high school, I loved psychology. Yeah. And I recognize that the human brain is complicated, and everybody's not wired the same. Yeah. And I still think Aaron actually is at heart a good dude. Yeah. That just some fucked up shit happened. I was well, the recipient of and whatever. Yeah, man. He still never apologized, though. So. I would like an apology. That would be nice, this right? This will get to him because he has a ton of people that like are crony. Like they're. Yeah. He has a very hardcore following. Yeah, I, I have seen that, you know, and I have uh, our buddy Clint Castro runs all his shit. And that, the first experience I had with Kafaru stuff was in uh, Wyoming Bear Camp. And I got to, I mean, same Kifaru thing. Kafaru or Kuyu? Kafaru. Oh. Uh, I think Clint. I don't know if Clint's partnered with them, but Clint uses their shit. Gotcha. And uh, everything that I had experience with, I was impressed with. Oh, like, their wow, stuff. this is nice. They're, I would never, ever say a bad thing about their product. Yeah. Their product and the people that uh, like everybody that works there and the actual owner and the family, they're they all seem like fantastic people. Good and the gear is levels above. Yeah, like I still run my Kafaru shit all the time. I post photos of it. I don't tag them in it anymore because I don't feel like I owe them. Well, you don't that, need to do it it's done. at this point. Yeah, you um, shouldn't have to. No, so I mean, but yeah. I still 
he basically accused me that I was going to run to another backpack company or this or that. And I'm like, dude, this is not what that's about. But that's that's just something a lot about you, too. Like all the shit that went down and you're still using the product. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, take take that situation and like copy and paste it to any product, right? Like, you know, we no longer work with Lone Wolf Custom Gear. Do I think they make some of the best stands on the market? Of course. Do I think Cody and Andre are good people? Yeah, I do. Um, I still like their shit. The platform that they've invented is great, but I think there's also a lot of other good tree stand companies out there. Sure. Um, will I use them? Yeah. Fuck yeah, I will. Will I still use my custom gear stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I will. Um, will we do some podcasts in the future compare and contrast for price and budget and people and what works for you and your situation? Yes, 100% yeah, we will. We will. Um, we're free agents. You know, free agent. We out there. That's a great way to look at it. <laughs> you know, I'm a free agent in the backpack market. By the way, if anybody's listening, you got some good backpacks. I love, and I have a weird backpack thing. Like, I love backpacks. In general. I have. It's I probably thing. have six hunting backpacks. Oh, dude, uh, and I can only use one at a time. I, yeah, I literally, well, I don't know where I put it. My my pack that I brought. I saw it right there. It's right behind it. That's the lid for my big pack. Yeah. Oh, um, gotcha. Yeah. That that snaps on like a, a little remote a breakaway pack, oh, nice. yeah. which is nice because I hike in with all my layers in my big backpack, and my stand is buckled to it. It's a frame pack. Yeah. And then I have everything that goes up the tree with me in that pack. Yeah. So I break that pack off, go up, up the tree, tree with it. Yep, That's absolutely. Cool. And I was packing to come here, and I was like, I got like a toothbrush and like a pair of shorts and a T-shirt. And I'm like <laughs> trying to justify bringing my big one. Yeah. Like – I just want to travel with it. I like having it with me. You know, I'm like, there's absolutely no reason I need to bring this. Dude, I just bought a, a few weeks ago, my wife and I went out to Iowa city and there's a store called like fin and feather or something. Fin and feather. Great store. Yeah. It's a cool store. I went in there and bought a Osprey. Is that how you say it? Osprey. Yeah. It's a, Mm -hmm. a daylight. Um, I just, I honestly just bought it for summer use, like to throw trail cams Mm -hmm. in and stuff. But I think it might be a pack I use for my mobile hunt setups. It's real light, real simple. I think they're a lifetime warranty. But I don't. I what I'm concerned about. It's kind of like a granola hiker brand. Mm-hmm. I just hope that they're not like anti hunters because then I'll have to fucking bail. Like I bailed on REI. Yeah, and I, I know they're like a store, right? Or am I fucked up on that? I don't. I, I don't know. I don't really follow a lot of granola. They hikers. are. They're a re- outdoor retailer. They're a large one too, but they're actually not doing great. They just fired 400 people. Well, I just <laughs> I, I started following them on the gram. Um, I think what happened was I started following Osprey after I bought that pack on Instagram. So. We, my wife and I take like tattoo trips, like we'll go get tattooed together. And then, but now with COVID, I couldn't be in the shop with her. So like we had to get tattooed one at a time. So I just bought that Osprey pack. So I had like an hour and a half to kill while she was getting tattooed. So I sat in the car and I was like looking up Osprey and like different packs I had. And I was looking at the packs I had like to hold your kids while you're hiking and stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, and they're really nice. So then I started following Osprey and then, you know, other people you might want to follow, like recommended pages, REI popped up, and I, I was sort of familiar, so I followed them. Well, then I saw they were just like super left wing, like, and I just oh, yeah. I just can't back them because they don't <laughs> back what we do. So I was like, ah, man, fuck them. Right. So I hope that Osprey's not anti hunting. I don't know because that'll bum me out. But I could definitely see them being a brand that would be anti hunting. I'm not saying they are, but I can see them as a brand. But I can see what you're saying with those smaller packs, though, when you're doing your trail camera shit. Because I have a smaller Badlands. I mean, it's tiny. Yeah, yeah, that thing's and badass. And I absolutely love it. I like Badlands, man. I run a Super Day uh, for all my whitetail mm-hmm. and stuff, and then I run a 2200. I have for... never heard anyone say a bad thing about Badlands stuff. I bought a used pack that was shitty as fuck. 
I got one I need to send. I used it for a season. I'm like, I just can't do it anymore. And I talked to shitty as in it was beat up. It was beat up. Yeah, not not like shitty quality wise, but it was just beat up. It was used. Yeah. And I talked to him at ATA, and I was like, Hey, I got this old Diablo. I showed him pictures. Like, man, that's an old one. He's like, I'm like, Hey, is there anything you guys can do? He's like, Send it into us. We'll either fix it or we're gonna replace it. That's what they. Yeah. I sent it in. They replaced the whole pack within, and I had the pack back in four days. No kidding. Four days. Because I got an old monster, uh, I think is the model, and it's like the zippers don't zip up. One broke, yeah. and like there's a rip in the lid of it. And so I I should probably send that in. They'll probably send me a new one. Well, they would. I mean, yeah, because mine was like, he's like, we'll probably fix yours, but if it's beyond repair, we'll send you, we'll ship you a brand new one. And that's what they did. I got a brand new Diablo pack. No kidding. Within four well, we days. podcasted with them years ago, and he said, even if like one got in a fire and you had like just a. A piece of fabric will still replace it, yeah. which is cool. Right. Yeah, they seem like really good people. Uh, the uh, Jordan, my buddy that produced my uh, our film, mm-hmm. he does a lot of work for Badlands. Yeah, I think Blake is the guy yes. that we had on. Yep. Blake, yep. Yep. he still and, work for Badlands. And uh, my buddy just, I mean, he's always just ranting and raving about how good of people they are. Dude, their clothing's awesome, too. That's what I've heard. I bought yep. a bunch of their clothing for one of my elk hunt and... Kept a lot of it. Um, I sold the suit to my buddy because he needed some gear, and we were jumping into something else at the time. But I kind of regret selling it. To yeah. be honest, I've never really used like. their like clothing. It's always just been their packs. And the, I, I mean, bought some of their pants and some of their jackets, and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And I had no obligation to talk about it or anything. Like I right. just enjoyed right. it. I bought it because I do have the base layer still, like the uh, like the pants Excuse and shit, and, or what, whatever the long john type stuff. And yep. I. Really, really like it. That's what I need is a nice set of base layers. For sure. Uh, it's cool, man, talking about different companies and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I, It's important, I think, that some some of these platforms hold people accountable. Cause yeah, it's kind of like does some, ge- some necessary policing in a way. There's moral standards in the hunting community, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you go out every year For and some shoot, people. <laughs> shoot giants. Yeah. I have zero respect and appreciation for you if behind the scenes you're kind of a piece of trash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for yeah sure. fuck people like that. I, I mean, dude, we've called a lot of people out, you know, for doing shitty shit, for shitty, shitty shit, shit in the industry. Yeah, and it never used to happen. Well, no, because uh, everything was controlled by the same people. It's like the Jeffrey Epstein effect to a point. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, for sure. I got some dirt uh, on you. You were poaching with me. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. You, you throw me under, fuck you. I'll throw everything you're about under, you know. And, 100%. Dude, I and know. you're dead. I know. And I'm now you're dead. I know. <laughs> you're dead. I'll let these naked pictures of your wife rip on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Do it, man. Call me out. I dare you. You'll be sorry. <laughs> you know, it's like cancel culture to a way, you know. Yeah. It's crazy. I know about a lot of shit in the industry that I just have it loaded in the magazine type thing. Yeah. I wondered if anybody <laughs> had talked about the D-Rock thing, but you said you brought it up. Oh, yeah. It. Let's talk about it. So I just did, <laughs> oh my God. Again. I just did a uh, podcast. So we were waiting because it was in the uh, – it's kind of in the justice system. We were waiting for what, – what, what, what we were waiting on was all the – links of all the shit to come out then we're just like boom 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 here it is but because of covid it's all getting like delayed so mm-hmm. and it's one of those things it's not like it was uh in question whether or not shit was true or not it's not like rumor of like this dude poached or did this and then it's like confirmed shit but we're it was gonna come out which is why the delay i want to bring up the fact that he established our relationship 
D-Rock did? Yes, he did. He ah, don't give him that credit. He he texted <laughs> us back and forth and said, you guys should. I remember getting his I phone number. I, I think I do remember so this. I got his phone number from you. I, I yeah. particularly remember I was replacing an AC condenser one day and called you, and we talked for 15 or 20 minutes. And that's oh, how. Fuck, I think I do. I, I got to pee first. We dive into all this because I want to. Go take a whiz, bro. Let's go. Yeah, carry on, carry on. I'm gonna circle back. I'll uh, handle. I want to circle back to the uh, Mark Jury thing. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Cover cover that real quick. So, I feel like when you guys had him on, I had never heard him that comfortable. Like I don't know. I've heard. I've heard so many people say that they they said that like he became like like my idol. Well, like a lot of people were like. We just found out who Mark Drury is. I feel that exact same way too. I've heard that. I've had about handles of vodka. Yeah, and yeah. Like, but like just always being, do see him just, on TV. Just being, being Mark, you know yeah. what I mean. And then I've had so many messages saying like that was the best podcast I've ever I've ever listened to. One of your guys' top two, top For five, sure. and I said it was my favorite was, podcast all year. A podcast, right? And the fact that like that we feel like we just heard the real. Yep, Mark Jury. Because I feel like you guys have made him comfortable. Mm-hmm. You've established a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. He's a, Mark is a pro. Like he, he is, is the pro. pro of pros. Yeah. And so the space that around him always kind of made him be in this rigid little box like, "Hey, you can't say you drink handles of vodka." You know? Right. Like I've literally heard Terry Jury on a podcast talk about having a drink after a deer and he's like, "Oh, can I say that?" And I'm just thinking, like, oh, that's sad. Like, you know, the f- so I right. miss I miss some of what you're talking about because I got up for a second. But um, I, Mark is like my buddy now. It just seems like I text back and forth with Mark. He called me the other day. Hey, buddy, what's going on? Just had the podcast doing all this, and I heard you say a little bit about how you never heard him be that comfortable. Yeah. Uh, Mark is, and, and if I ever hear anybody say anything negative ever about Mark Jury, I will be the first dude to be like, nope, you're wrong. Right, Mark. I'm convinced, you know, we have a lot of good friends in this industry. I would say Mark Jury is one of my favorite people in the game. Mark is by far so personable to us, so cool, down to earth, a good dude. And what I said to him, I was sending him screenshots, some of the reviews of that podcast because we got a lot. Oh, and thank you for everyone that sent in a review. I, I if you they send us loved it, if you send in a comment or a message, Mark read it. Um, yep, I texted it to him, and he called me and. I was like, yeah, man. A lot of comments, like people were like, "Hey, I never, I never heard Mark Drury like that comfortable or say shit or whatever." And cuss. and he goes, "I uh, never heard the real Mark Drury before." Well, and, and this is what got interesting when I brought it up to him. I go, "Yeah, people said it was like good to hear you." And he cut me off. He goes, "Oh yeah, what do you mean? I didn't sound like a 1980s newscaster." <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like, well, I didn't, I didn't want to say." He goes, "Well, you didn't have to say it. I said it." He goes, "I right. get it, man." He goes, "That's just that's how we do our platform. That's always right. how we have and." That's just our style, and it is nice to get on your guys' show because we can kind of relax a little bit, and people get it. People are used to hearing that on your show, and that's that's why we're there. Yeah. Right. So I was like, that dude gets it. He understands. Well, like He's not a dumb guy. I'm going to give you guys credit. You created an environment where he was 
comfortable enough to let his hair down mm-hmm. yeah. basically he's like and and he said it a couple times like you guys are my favorite part like you yeah. can tell he's like this is awesome <laughs> yeah. like you know let's yeah. fucking rage dude he, like uh, he was almost excited to be on our show he's it's seriously like, such an awesome guy man he and, is a great dude and he called me just a few days ago and he's like man we, we gotta do this more we gotta do yeah. this more we, and so he's so gangster like dude what? He's real. He's a real OG. Yeah, he, is, he, he, is. he did. It, he after the he podcast, is the like, OG. Well, you kept saying OG. What's that mean? And yeah. I had to explain. He's like, <laughs> we had to explain OG. He's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But no, he is cool, man. Like he's, you know. Let that. me give an example on how cool Mark Jury is. We podcasted last Thursday, Wednesday, or Thursday night. To you two weeks ago, right? No, no, no. This last Bear Camp podcast being launched. Oh, okay. So in podcast land, it, listeners ignore. But anyway, the last podcast we recorded afterwards, my neighbor and his brother came over and one of their buddies, they stopped over after we're having some beers in the in the driveway. It's on a weeknight. And they're like, man, can't believe you had Mark Jury on. That's so cool. Like, we're big fans, whatever. And I'm like, well, I'll text him. It's like 1030 on a, on, on a Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. I'm like, hey, Mark, what's up, man? I got a couple of my buddies are over here. They're They're big fans. And. And I, I was like, man, I shouldn't even text him. It's pretty late. Calls me. <laughs> Hello. Hey, what's going on, guys? Just at 1030 at night. I'm, and, you know, my buddies are like, oh, well, shit. Holy shit. It's Mark Drew on the phone. They're like, hey, Mark, big fans. You know, got all giddy like right, little girls. Right, like, for sure. Mark just bullshitted with them. Hey, I appreciate you guys being fans and watching the show and stuff. That means a lot, you know, and I'll, just cool as hell. And they're like, holy shit. I can't believe he, that just happened. But that's how Mark is. Like, if. If you see him in public and you go up and shoot the shit with him, he's going to sit there and shoot the shit with you. Yeah, him. he'll talk to you. He will. Well, we did a podcast in Turkey Camp, and we had a question about turkeys, something that we saw Mark say. And I was like, well, I, or heard him say. And I was like, uh, well, it was like 11 o'clock we're recording this this podcast. And I'm like, well, I could text him and see if he'll do it. Hey, Mark, or I don't, I'm good right now. I said, Thank you. I doubt you're up. Would you want to do like a quick 10 minutes on this podcast? Yeah, sure. Call anytime. Call it. It, was like, it was 11, 11.30 or something stupid, something late. Just hurry up and did a quick 15-minute segment <laughs> on our podcast. Hey, love you guys. All right, man. Have a good one. Yeah. that That's cool as shit to me. Right. Yeah. Right. I, oh, yeah. Everything I've ever heard him on, he's been very dialed down, very, you could tell, you know. But you kind of see why, though, you know. Like, oh, I respect him for it. Imagine if we started our podcast in, the, like, 91, 92. He's a pro. He's a pro. Cool. Right. He's, he's, a a, he's been doing he's it for 40 years. Pro. Yeah. So let's talk about D-Rock. So maybe he did. He liked that transition. Hard cut. Hard cut. I want to get back into that because this is, it's, I I need to clarify here why it hasn't came out. We've touched on it in some jokes. Okay. Kind of behind the scenes touched on it. I'm going to step away for 10 seconds. Yeah. So hold off. Okay. Let me, I'll, I'll, I'll lay the foundation down though while you're gone. Please do. This is what happened. We're, we're almost two hours in on this. We're, we're. Where are you camping at? One, uh, an hour and 40-something on actual record time, yeah. yeah. So while Kevin's gone using the facilities. I mean, everyone that's listened to our show knows D-Rock and knows yeah. something's going on, I think. Yeah, so where it all started was uh, Trevor, East Coast Trev is what we call him. He, he now has the Outdoor Drive podcast. So if yeah. you were a fan of East Coast, which everybody knows um, – Outdoor Drive podcast where we're going to be. Trev's a great dude, stand-up person, holds his end of the deal, always did to me for sure. But basically, Trev wanted to start a podcast back in the day. Uh, D-Rock was a listener of our show from Connecticut um, and said, hey, my buddy here, 
that runs a forum, wants to start a podcast. He'd like to get a hold of you for some info. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'd, I'd give him some info, set him on sure. his way. Well, they ended up being on the same podcast together. They Like, like partners, right? Yeah, partners, co-hosts, whatever you want to say. And so, you know, D-Rock always kind of was good to us as a listener. So mm-hmm. and he was kind of a different cat, flew out to uh, the Iowa Deer Classic. And that was we met the him. first time we met him, yeah. And we're kind of like different cat, but like great dude, you know. Sure. And uh, it's kind of everybody's impression of everyone that ever met him. I mean, rattle him off. Everyone that he was around kind of thought that, you know. He's a good dude. He means well. And like, yeah, he do anything for you. you yeah. Know. He kind of like built his foundation real well. Sure. And then uh, we started kind of – I. Looking back now, it's like one of those shoulda, woulda, coulda things. We helped their podcast a lot and promotion mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. and I, it felt good to help people, you know? Yeah. And then uh, turn around and get fucked. And then... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but no, really. It's like, <laughs> Not the only thing. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, no, don't go there. Um, we, yeah, we, we helped them out a lot. And, tre- and part of this, like, D-Rock seemed good, and Trev seemed really good, and then every, the, the crew did. The whole crew did, so, yeah. They all seemed right. cool. I just uh, Kevin's back now. I just laid back down that foundation of what East Coast was and how we got to know D Rock. So, because even when we the first time he flew into Des Moines, it was just me and Doug there, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll just meet you guys at the show." Because we were sitting there setting up. You guys were coming in later. Yeah, yeah. And he's walking down the aisle, and me and Doug kind of look at each other like, "Is this him?" Different cat. Different cat, totally different cat. But then once you got to know him, you're like, oh, this dude's pretty legit. He's yeah. a good dude. So they pretty much like fooled everyone around him. Well, we end up helping the East Coast get to a certain point. Like they weren't like huge by any means, but they started a podcast and people listened to it. Yeah, right. And I feel like we're responsible for a ton of that. You know, we even like sponsored their show for a little bit just to like you know whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, this, like things started getting weird a little bit, like with with our show and them. And it was like they. Like, for lack of a better term, just sucked on us a little hard, you know? And I'm like, hey, man, you're kind of, like, doing everything we're doing. Like, just maybe ease off. Like, I was like, hey, we're going to separate as your sponsor because people are like, I'm getting messages daily like, oh, they're doing exactly what you're doing. Like, I remember, here's an example. They had a team photo. We have a team photo that's, like, us in black and white sitting on the studio table. I'm in the middle. Eric's on one side. Steve's Steve's on on the other side of me. They launch a photo exactly the fucking same. Exactly the same. Black and white. D-Rock sends it to me. Hey, what do you think? I'm like, well, it looks like you're you're like the fucking Dollar General version of working class bow hunter, you know. <laughs> but I'm like, hey, you get you, like, there's just a point, like, there's a line there, and like, you're kind of stepping on the line. And that wasn't the only thing either. That was oh, just dude. like a mirror image of keep it going, keep it going. Right, right. Well, I get a phone call from. Oh, this is gonna get so weird. I don't give a fuck. It's time. We yeah. were, we were waiting for the legal process to do its its justice. Right. But hey, hey, I gotta it. ask you before we get into this. What's the what's our time and what's our pizza? And oh yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta figure that out. Um, I'm just wondering if we should when. What time was she gonna order the pizza? Um, eight. I it'll think? be ready at eight. Sam said, and it's eight eleven. <laughs> All right. Should we? Do you want to tell this story on your side of the podcast, or should we? Let's cut it here, and then we'll. Okay. Yeah. Go to part two of the Deer Hunter podcast. Get, close it out. Give the plug. Uh, go to Deer Hunter podcast. Oh, we'll we'll have to. Uh, you'll have to plug an intro into this, and when when this is launching. And yeah. But yeah. I'll put mine out the, the basically the same time or a couple days after. Yeah. Okay. And then 
yeah, we're going to get into this because uh, <laughs> we've already it. started the fire. We might as well pour a bunch of gas on it. Yeah, and might as well. Hit it with a leaf blower. Gas, kerosene, and, and, and oil. And I want to say for the record, before we close this um, into the deal on the working class platform, first of all, thank you all for listening, supporting Absolutely. us, and uh, support a like-minded podcast as well. Um, but we are leaving this podcast to literally go get Casey's Pizza so we can fuel our bodies with more and bush light when we get back. Can we just say that he has never had Casey's Pizza? Yeah. He's never had Casey's or Pizza before. Casey's Pizza cherries. Yeah, okay. I've been looking forward to it for a long time. Like, I don't really understand it yet. I think I do. It's going to happen here. We should just got Little Caesars or something. <laughs> yeah, here it is. All right. Go shoot your bow. Pizza, pizza. Catch us on part two. We love you. Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.